The Simon Shore Podcast is presented by Boxscore Network. Boxscore Network is your one-stop shop for all things NFL podcasts. You want game analysis, betting lines, hot takes, and fantasy advice? Check out Boxscore Network. Follow Boxscore Network on Twitter at Bscore Network for updates. All right, Josh Lemisand is here. He is back once again. Josh, when I was I was reflecting on this when you first started coming on to the podcast, you were you were on the fifth episode of the Simon Short podcast, man. And then episode two came around for you, and you were the Ben Roethlisberger with his two Super Bowl rings. Then you were all of a sudden the Terry Bradshaw <laughs> with his four rings and four appearances. I don't know what number you're at now, but you're officially the Andy Reid because you're developing a little podcast guest uh, tree here. Uh, John oh, Boyd yeah. came on a few weeks ago, thanks to you. Megan Hall came on last week, thanks to you. You're just you're just spawning all these you know guests for the Simon Shore podcast, man. <laughs> Welcome back in, Andy Reid, um, podcast guest, Josh Lemassan. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. It's a good podcast to be a part of. It's worthy of all these guests, and I'm I feel good. I'm excited about being a part of it at the beginning on episode five, and I'm glad that I'm still coming back for episodes. <laughs> <laughs> on the ground floor, man. On the ground floor. I don't know. I don't know if it'll pay off for you at the end, but uh, it's a it's a fun fun ride <laughs> along the way, at least. Um, for sure. Josh is here today on August thirtieth when we record this. Uh, August 31st or maybe early September as you are listening for something we're really, really excited about. Josh is going to be coming back about every month or so, every four weeks-ish throughout the regular season to do a power ranking of the NFL. I, I love doing these power rankings. I, I've done them uh, in, in written words for a while for different leagues, and it's just such a fun way to kind of check in and keep track of how the season is going in your league uh, in a in a bite-sized portion right so not just big overarching things where we're already looking to the playoffs not just the super micro week in week out i like getting these little chunks so every four weeks or so josh is going to come on help us power rank and we think it'll be pretty simple we think it'll be pretty fun (laughs) this first episode I don't know. You guys know, listening at home, how long this is going to take us. We have no idea at this point. Josh and I have not really referenced each other's list uh, at all because this first power ranking we we didn't create together. Um, We are coming in blind to each other's list. We've uh, found out we've approached this in pretty different ways. So we could have very different lists here. But after this week, we will be working off of the list that we made. So it should be pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Josh, before we dive into the super particulars of the power rank, just just a quick note from you on anything, man. Just like how you're feeling for the NFL season, how you're feeling for this power ranking kind of series we're going to do. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. First off, I'm a hypocrite because uh, on one hand, I hate the preseason. Um, I just don't like how you know you get your hopes up for players, and it's all not as good football, and yada yada yada. Um, but now I'm like, well, there's no NFL game this weekend. So what am I gonna what am I gonna do? Football started, so why is there no game this weekend? Because I also am a fan that they took the preseason down from four to three games. I think that was smart for player safety. And um, I think it just makes sense, especially expanding the regular season to 17 games. So 
I'm excited for football being back. Well, bummed that there's no game this this weekend, but that's hypocritical of me to say anyway. <laughs> In terms of the power rankings, um, you know, Simon, you know this. We've been back and forth. It's been really hard not to share my opinions on things yeah. on teams. We and I can say that to whoever listening, we honestly did not divulge a single team ranking to each other because we wanted it to be um, have to have the the, the the discussion live with with no with no uh, background information. Um, I had so much fun making my list that I started to change it too much that I had to stop doing that. Um, and just for, I'll probably repeat myself a bunch when saying this while we're recording, but I will say to anyone listening that I base a lot of my information on what happened last year for the teams, unless there was a certain huge drastic change or changes that I think move the needle enough. I give certain teams benefit of the doubt from where they're at. Um, and that'll come through in our analysis as we discuss and things like that. But I want people to know that just for these initial rankings, you know, for me, the, you know, it's a meritocracy in the NFL. And I don't take a ton of stock into the preseason in terms of stats and yardage and things like that. So I'm looking at how the team's offseason went based in addition to what they did last year. And that's kind of where I'm starting out. Now, obviously, after the first month, if a team that I ranked really high goes 0-4, you know, they're going to move because that those rankings are going to be mm-hmm. current, like in the moment, how they're – you know, and even my Super Bowl pick might not be number one at that point if if I think the best team at that moment is a different team. So that's kind of how I think it's important for people listening to kind of think of, you know, how the rankings are going about it, if it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think once we get in season, it'll it'll be very clear why some teams are moving up, why some teams are moving down, to how far all those teams are moving around will be up for discussion. And that brings Mm -hmm. us to uh, some finer details of how this podcast series will work. Um, So Josh and I have to come to a consensus. We we aren't just coming on and and arguing and then leaving uh, disagreed, right? Never go to bed angry with your significant other, right? Uh, (laughs) If you want to use a work analogy, you know, when you go to a meeting at work and it's for something and then you leave and they're like, let's pick this up next. Those are interesting notes to think about. Let's think more. I'm like, no, man, I just sat through this whole hour long. Me, You listeners are sitting through this, I don't know, hour to two hour long podcast episode. You want a, you want a real ranking. You want a concise one to 32 what's happening. So we have to come to that. So the first step is just a simple discussion. When we we're gonna go, I think four teams at a time ish. We'll see how how well we stick to that, um, and just see how we rank uh, teams. Hopefully, we at least have like the same four group together, and we're just gonna kind of talk about the order of them, um, and hopefully be able to talk our way into a, a secure ranking. If we don't come to a consensus just through gentlemanly discussion. We have some playing cards that we can use for this. We, we wanted to add a, a little bit, a little bit of spice, a little interest to this, uh, this series since it's going to be year long. So we have three playing cards that we can use. We each get one of these cards every single week. Um, it's a use them or lose them kind of situation. You get to use each one once, and you know we'll we'll remind everybody every pod about what those are. But here is your first rundown of our playing cards we need to i need a name for these we'll have that for the next one we'll think on we'll yeah, think on that um card number one <laughs> is the peter griffin back scratcher card if you are <laughs> a fan of family guy or just on the internet you've seen the peter griffin chatting back scratcher uh at a probably a red Sox game <laughs> um and this is just your classic i'll scratch your back if you scratch mine you just play this card anytime uh when you want basically the conversation to end <laughs> and you're just like, Hey, I just, I just 
I just need this to be here. You help me out and we'll just move on. All right. Back scratcher. Uh, card number two is in the same vein. But I mean, look, you already used one, right? You already used your back scratcher card. Like if I'm going to help you out again, you better help me out in return one way or another. So card number two is the JD and Turk friendship card. If anybody watches Scrubs, they're just the best friends that you could ever <laughs> find in a television show or in life. Uh, so the friendship card doesn't come with any strings. That's what friendship does because you're always going to help your friend out after they've helped you. It's just how it goes. You you pick up the bar tab for your buddy. You know they're going to pick it up for you next time. So when you play this card, your friend will see to your ranking with no questions asked. But you're expected to do that the next time around there's a disagreement without a card being played. So if Josh and I disagree on number three and I play this card on number three and then we disagree on number four, I, I got to go with what he says on number four now. We all know we have those friends. Maybe they don't pick up the tab the next time. Maybe they left their wallet at home. Maybe <laughs> they waited until the main course and then ghosted you and didn't show up. Well, what happens now? You've been backstabbed. You've been betrayed. So if in that scenario I line, uh, outlined to you, if I don't help Josh out on number four, if I don't just go with what he says after he just helped me out because of the card number two that I played, he gets two of this next card and it's the walter and jesse betrayal card if you've watched breaking bad which josh hasn't by the way everyone <laughs> flame him on twitter at j lime embarrassing um, embarrassing <laughs> you will know that walter white just does nothing nothing but stab poor jesse pinkman in the back over <laughs> and over again um so when this when this card is activated when these two cards are activated the holder just gets what they want when they want where they want it they can even go back and and change something that happened in the ranks earlier they can use this card however they want uh and they get two of them so uh, you know you know pain, pains of <laughs> be as they say man so so don't do your friends dirty so again card right. two jd and turk friendship card you, you you get what you want and you will return the favor if you don't the person you backstab gets to do whatever they want cards wherever they want card number three is the community dice roll card. Shout out to Muhammad Mehdi. First episode of Community I've ever watched, hashtag seven seasons in a movie, six seasons in a movie, sorry, Muhammad, um, was this dice roll episode. You know, we've talked about the multiverse on this podcast before uh, in other uh, scenarios, obviously, and you just never know what can happen. So we're just going to play this card. Whenever we disagree, we don't know what else to do. We're going to roll a dice on the internet. Whoever plays this card gets to pick odd or even, and that person's the winner. It's pretty, pretty simple one there. Um, we don't have to use all these cards, but it'll be more interesting if we do, uh, and, yeah. and maybe save less, uh, save some time on some some rambling that that we might do because. Josh and I do feel that generally we're we're going to be fairly easy to kind of maneuver around and shake things up for this first yeah. for this first round. Um, but yeah, man. W without further ado, Josh, you ready to ready to do this? Oh yeah, let's go for it. All right, I'm super nervous. We're gonna start at the top because I feel <laughs> like I feel like there's a clear one, two, three, four, and I almost feel like the order should be pretty obvious, which makes me all the more nervous for what is gonna happen. I so, yeah, Josh, I mean, I feel like mine's pretty solid too, but I'm also. I, I mean, there there is a level of nerves here. I mean, you don't like what if what if my number one team you have at like twenty two? I don't know. <laughs> if Hopefully my twenty two is your one, we're gonna turn the podcast off. 
we will do it. We will just turn, we'll probably turn it back on after some box score network ads, but we will turn the podcast off. We'll, we'll do it. So Josh, go ahead. Just give me, give it to me straight. What is your one, two, three, and four? All right. Obviously for me, number one is the Minnesota. I'm just sorry. That's not, I, can't, I can't do it. I couldn't even take the joke. I couldn't even take it that far. Sadly, the Vikings are not number one. I have the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. Great. I have the Cincinnati Bengals at number two. Okay. I have the Philadelphia Eagles at number three. Okay. And I have the Buffalo Bills at number four. Okay. Okay. This is great. We have the same four teams just okay. in a different order. So I, I am, oh. I'm very happy about this. And a deep breath for all of us. <laughs> uh, thank, thank goodness. Uh, this, this could have been a big mistake. Um, all right, so here we here we go. I think this is great. So I'm going to give you my talking points for why I have them in a different order. So I had Chiefs number Perfect. one as well. Yep. I have Eagles at two. Now okay. I have the Eagles at two because, and I think this will align a little bit with your thinking. I did want to at least give credence to the two teams in the Super Bowl. I felt For like sure. you're the AFC champs, you're the NFC champs. Neither team is drastically different uh, than the year before. So I, I, in in that sense, they should get the nod. And and if you need a little further help for Bengals versus Eagles, I'm also factoring Joe Burrow's calf in. He just started training or just started practicing again. <clears throat> I think today. Um, but these soft tissue injuries are things that really, really linger. I could still see him sitting out a week or two, obviously putting the Bengals in a much different spot. And I mean, his play could even be, you know, a little diminished over the first, you know, handful of weeks or even first half of the season, because this isn't a, a broken bone or a, a twisted ankle that you rest, re uh, strengthen and recover and get out there. This is something that takes like a lot of just rest, 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 rest to heal. So I'm pretty nervous about that. So I don't know. Is that enough to get you to Eagles at two? Um, it might be. I I will say I Great. Give me your made case. my I made my rankings with a fully healthy Joe Burrow. But here's why I put the actually in one way you can think of the reason I put Bengals ahead of the Eagles is almost just like a, a figurative nod to the AFC being the better overall conference at the mm -hmm. moment and in that in that the Bengals path to the Super Bowl is much more difficult at least it would have would have been last year than I believe the Eagles was now it's not to say the Eagles aren't great I had them at number three I still think with their play in the trenches the maturation of Jalen Hurts they have everything you need to be a contender and the, the Eagles drafted extremely well so mm -hmm. any when losing CJ Gardner Johnson losing some other players I don't think they're going to miss a step on defense especially um, uh, oh, maybe a little bit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, the Eagles are still, yeah. eating, and I, I, I definitely considered them as number two, especially with my bias about what they did last year. For, for me, the, the Bengals got the nod because the AFC is better than the NFC. I think they're a little bit more battle tested. Burrow has beaten Mahomes multiple times already. And that's not something that a lot of quarterbacks and teams can say. And he's done it with terrible offensive line play. He's done it with um, some other deficiencies that, that the overall Bengals team isn't as good. Um, but I really like their defensive line um, in Cincinnati. And I think that's one way they can maybe get after Mahomes. Again, it's not just like a Bengals chiefs thing, but that's my top two teams. That's kind of why, why I'm mm -hmm, going in that right. direction. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think factoring in Joe Burrow's soft tissue injury could help sway me a little bit. Um, 
because I did not take that into account. This is power rankings at the moment. So even if I think the Bengals down the road would get there, I think that might be a way to look at this that could help us agree there. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it was mainly just the AFC is better than the NFC. So I'm going to give it to who I think the top two AFC teams are at the moment. Um, you know, even if that's not perfect reasoning per se, or there's not really a, mm-hmm. quant- you can't quantify that reason. That's just like right. an eye test. Like when it comes down to December, January football, um, you know, the Eagles played against the Niners. They played against Josh Johnson in their championship game, right? So, mm-hmm. like, not saying they didn't deserve to win the Super Bowl at all. I'm just saying there there was a degree of a lesser degree of difficulty to some extent there for the Eagles. So, so one more case I'll make, and I totally get that, and I do agree with the AFC should be highly represented here at the top. Seven of my top ten teams are AFC teams, so I, I definitely think we'll see that as we go. Um, mm-hmm. When I so in all of my off season kind of prep, twenty two twenty three season recapping, twenty three twenty four predicting podcasting over the spring and summer has taken place. We've looked at I've looked at DVOA a lot. That's a stat from Football yeah. Outsiders that I love, and I think really just encompasses everything: the traditional stats, the analytics, the um, the the predictive capabilities, the randomness factor of everything. And as I'm going through and and tracking back to last season, there's a pretty clear lineage for how teams finish on both offense and defense and where that kind of nets their overall ranking over the course of the season. So at the very top of the league and at the very top of my power rankings is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're an outlier because they're a very average defense, but the offense is so far and away, but far and away better than anybody else that they're kind of Mahomes himself is an outlier to be honest anyway so no matter what you throw out there he is going to find a way to win the game essentially right so that that's on that's number one the next tier down from that were teams that finished in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive DVOA that was that was three teams last season it was the team we'll talk about here in a minute it was the Bills it was the 49ers and it was the Eagles those are the only three teams to finish in both the top 10 of offense and defense. And then your next tier is you look for your elite offense and average defense. And this is where the Bengals fall. They were fourth on offense and 11th on defense, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But you also have to now factor in <clears throat> two new starting uh, safeties. You've got a guy um, who was a rotational player for the Rams for years, and you've got Dax Hill, the second-year player out of Michigan who played about 100 snaps last year. I think mostly did it at corner anyways, and now he's playing free safety. And Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, needs his safeties, relies on them to do so many different things because he changes his defense every single week. So I think this 11th-ranked defense – even though they've invested so well in the front in, in retaining guys and adding people, you talk about uh, Miles Murphy, the, the, yeah. the edge rusher. That's the, he's, that's the name I wrote down for sure. That's a big addition, I think, or could be. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. And re extending Logan Wilson, they re signed Jermaine Pratt, um, uh, extended Trey Hendrickson. Their front is in such good shape. And I do think their corners, which went actually through a bit of a transition last year because of some injuries, are going to be better. Those safeties being back there, I I would be very surprised, not that it can't happen, but very surprised if they're a top 12 defense again. I still think they'll be about average, but I think Mm -hmm. that defense is going to slip a little bit, especially at the beginning. Um, And then so so 
that won't carry whatever their offensive deficiency is early on with Joe Burrow being either hobbled or out. Gotcha. Well, I think that um, I think I'm okay moving Philadelphia to uh, number two and having the Bengals at three. And I'll use one of my own stats I was looking up beforehand to to justify my the opposite of my <laughs> my decision. Anyway, <laughs> um, I wrote down just as a table for discussion for another day. But does defense no longer win championships? The top two points mm-hmm. per game squads last year were the Chiefs and the Eagles, one and two, and I didn't look at any more sample size. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to get deep in the weeds on this anyway, but you know, historically it's always been championship level defense. That's how you get there. Um, but the Super Bowl is high scoring. Um, you know, I mean, the, the mm-hmm. Eagles had a key fumble that the chiefs recovered that mm-hmm. could have been one of the tide turning points aside from the penalty that we don't need to talk about. Um, but, but other than that, the offense is balled out in the Super Bowl, and it was really fun to watch. And, and it wasn't just like a, you know, it wasn't the, Patriots beating Jared Goff 13 to three until a few years ago, even. So, I mean, it's, are we recognizing a shift? I don't know, food for thought, but I'm going to use that, um, uh, use that, use that reference to say, well, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll allow the, the Eagles to stay at three or sorry, at two and move the, move the Bengals down to three and save and save some of my, my playing cards here. All right. So now number three. <laughs> Oh, you don't have the same number three? No, because so now, oh, now oh, we're oh. now we're in the Bengals Bills conversation. Oh, geez. Which is tough. That is I tough. Still, I still have the Bills at three. And again, really the tiebreaker was the Joe Burrow health. Um, sure. but again, to reference DVOA just from last season, the Bills were second in offense and fourth in defense. They were second in offense, even after. Josh Allen hurts his elbow and can't throw the ball less than 10 yards for the rest of the Seriously. season. This is an elite of the elite offense. There were categories offensively where they were better than the Chiefs through those first, whatever it was, 10, 11 weeks right. of the season in ways that were completely sustainable because we've been waiting for – we went into last season saying Josh Allen needed to do really the same things that we needed Patrick Mahomes to do th- this season, the last season. That was when we we went from uh, Mahomes needs to be able to take the check down, right? Be able to take the easy stuff. He can't just extend the play, extend the play, scramble, find the 25 to 30 yard, blah, blah, blah. Because we saw what the Bengals did to him in the AFC Championship game two years ago. Mm-hmm. We were saying Josh Allen needed to do the same thing. We just didn't see it on as high a scale, so we didn't talk about it as much going into last season. But he was doing it. Uh, he he was taking those shorter and more intermediate routes last season more than he had in the previous two years, becoming a more complete quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now the elbow injury happens. We see, and I think it was I think the Jets game was the first game post that injury, and we see him trying to throw balls in the flat, where it was six yards over the guy's head, but then he's still throwing seventy yard bombs down the field. I think I think the stat was his intended air yards per pass attempt number was like in the sevens or something like that, like low sevens for the beginning of the season. And then the second half of the season after the injury, it was like over 10, like just like a ridiculous, like he was all he could do was chuck the ball and they were still such an efficient offense. They still finished second in the league. Now I was about to say, will that happen again? I I definitely think it could happen again. I think we could see this group be just as elite as it was. And for the defense to be a top five defense last year, which uh, you could argue 
you know, it, it took a talent hit for sure. Mm-hmm. Von Miller starting the year on pup. So he's going to be out for four games. Yeah. We haven't seen that defensive line kind of coalesce the way we thought it would two, three seasons ago. And no Tremaine Edmonds this year. No Tremaine Edmonds for sure. Uh, Jordan Poyer, I think is healthy. Micah Hyde, mm-hmm. I think is healthy. Uh, Tredavion yep. White, I think is healthy. And going from Leslie Frazier as the DC to Sean McDermott calling the plays, I think there's going to be some extra juice that goes along with that. So I see this team still being an elite team on on both sides of the ball. I think I have them. I I put a somewhat uh, predictive ranking of offenses and defenses uh, going into the season for this. And I have them as like the sixth best defense still, but like the second best offense. So again, looking at those tiers, if you could be top 10 in both, you are guaranteeing yourself like a top five finish. And now we're, we're still yeah. talking about that. It's not like you're saying the Bills are going to be like the 12th best team in the league or anything like that. But that's the case for the Bills. We've already talked about the Bengals. What what are your Bills thoughts? How do you how do you take in all that information? So it's it's interesting because my first line of my notes is that the Bills are my least confident top five pick. And wow. I mean, it's hard listening to all the stuff you said, which makes sense and being like, yeah, why am I so anti-Bills? I'm not anti-Bills. I still think they're, obviously yeah, I put them at four. Yeah. So I feel, I think they're, I think they're contenders for sure. They just, they just like, to me, they reek of a team that's going to be the team that always got close, the team that's always, and, and maybe that's just because, you know, and, and again, maybe I'm putting too much pass bias, right? Like they, have, they haven't made it to the Super Bowl yet with Josh Allen. He seems to have made some, made some key mistakes at key moments still that, for whatever reason, doesn't show doesn't show me that he can take them over to the next step, and maybe he doesn't have to. Like you were saying, maybe it's now um, asking him to do a little bit less. Um, I did look up a stat that he averages he averages seven point six rushing TDs a season. Josh Allen does. He's never got to ten, but he had nine a couple of years ago. I think this year he gets ten rushing TDs, but I also think he's going to rush less. I think they're going to start using him mm-hmm. smarter. Um, and I think he's getting more, he's getting smarter. He's going to take less hits. He's going to pick his moments and he's there's, there's, they'd be silly not to utilize his rushing ability at all. Um, but I do think they're going to, you know, not necessarily tame it per se, but I think they're going to, to organize a little bit better and be a little bit more strategic with it. Um, I think, I think my issue here is that I just keep looking, I'm looking too far back because they got routed by the Bengals. Um, in the playoffs last year, and that was last year, and I get that. And they and the the offensive numbers are good, um, you know. And I do like their defense. I mean, we talked about corners. I even like that. Uh, is Christian is it Christian Bamford? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Benford. Yeah, mm-hmm. Benford. Benford. Yep. Yeah. He he he's one of those guys that always seems to be around making plays as well. So I know they're still elite. I know they're still going to be right up there at the end. Um, and so I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that flakes on all of his rankings right now, but. But I'm thinking I could probably – I don't know if I want to use my cards yet. And I think your DVOA stats are kind of trumping my – well, last year they didn't – you know, they didn't do this, this, and this. So. Your your feelings, my stats but, are yeah, trumping your feelings. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I could also use – like, I do think that the AFC East is going to be really tough this year, in my opinion, if, if certain guys stay healthy. Yeah. And we'll get more into the – um, in fact, you might see how I'm a little bit, I might be a little bit too high on the AFC. We'll see going forward, but, um, but that could also play a factor in, you know, 
not winning all all of the games that they should win um, as well, which is kind of maybe also why I thought of them as four instead of two or three. But um, I don't know. I think for the sake of saving my cards and getting to a consensus, I think I can concede your stats there for the case for the Bills at number three. But I won't let you move the Bengals down anywhere past four. No, no. I have the Bengals <laughs> at four. And they're an easy top four. And honestly, if Joe Burrow hadn't been hurt, they would have been three. That became like the almost the easy cop out for me mm-hmm. to be like, just put him down. Sure. He's hurt. It's 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 fine. Yeah. Um it's officially in the Google Doc now, which is great because I was about <laughs> to use my card until you said that. So I can oh, nice, save that nice. for a later day. Uh, we appreciate I'm, it. We appreciate I'm, I think we got off to such a good start having the same top four that I think it's going to get real murky here going forward. It's going to get I, real scary. I was like, I, I can't I can use it. a card. In the, I can't use a card in the top four that we had the same top four. I can feel better conceding these teams in these little one spot at the top because it's so close. It doesn't make me right. look that bad, but I might have to use a card in a little bit. Here. <laughs> Yeah, this I, I think it's gonna get dicey actually probably right now. Uh Probably. let's hit our let's hit our next four teams. So we have five through nine. Oh boy. Me, I don't even want to say you I, oh well no, I made you read it out loud last time. I'll read mine out loud here. So okay. F, especially because you know I, I got my top four in the way I wanted them. So I guess I'll I'll go. take the bullet here. Uh at five, I have the 49ers. At six, okay. I have the Jets. <laughs> At seven, I have the Chargers. And at eight, I have the Cowboys. Do you have any of those four teams? Five oh my nine? god. Way better than I thought. I have okay. three out of I have three out of those four. Let's go. Let's That's go. impressive. Right. Holy this, holy buckets. This is great. I was really worried. For uh, so you want to hear mine? Well, yes, I would love to hear <laughs> <Okay>. yours. <laughs> so I actually have the Jets at five. This is me being really high on the AFC East. Okay. I move. I have the Jets at five. I have the Cowboys at six. Um, I have the Dolphins at seven. Okay, which is a which is you know we'll I don't have them too it. far away. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I have the Chargers at eight. So, so no Forty Niners. No Forty Niners. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, I love that you don't have the Forty Niners. <laughs> um, I, I've been I've been slow rolling this take on the Stat Sheet podcast, but I am starting to really get comfortable with the idea of fading the Niners mm-hmm. and I just I I I'm not in on on the Brock Purdy train like no. even a little bit like not even not even a skosh um yeah I don't know if we'll be able to keep them out of how how far down do you are they still in your top 10 the Niners yeah they're close to the top 10 oh my god <laughs> I love it. What you just I said about it. Brock Purdy, I think I just feel that like twenty percent. I know, more. <laughs> I know. All right, well, let's hang on. I want to do so. You have the Jets at five. I have the Jets at five. Yeah, make, make your Jets case because I think this one. I think this will be pretty easy. Yeah. Um. So obviously Rodgers is a big deal. Um. And I think, but it's not just Rodgers himself. I don't think he's at that level anymore where he can carry a team on his own. But he can throw the ball really well and lead an offense really well. And when you have that defense on the other side, it's really hard for me to envision a world where the Jets aren't um, competing with the Bills for the East and not making play. Like it, to me, that just seems like they have enough pieces. I know there was some, you know, some grumblings with their offensive line uh, 
you know, wasn't as solid as we kind of thought or hoped throughout the preseason. Um, but I thought I saw some guys get healthy and I think they played pretty a little bit better in their last preseason game. Um, and the other interesting thing is like, I might move them down in our next ranking because of their schedule to start the season. I looked mm. up their schedule to start the season and they have Buffalo. They're in Dallas. They have the Patriots, the chiefs, and then they're in Denver. Like those are their first, yeah. is that five out of their first six games? I think like mm-hmm. we could very well be seeing this Jets team three and three or something like that. And people are going to be like, wow, what did Rogers actually do? And that I'm not going to panic there. Maybe at that rankings, I might move them out of the five spot or wherever we end up with them. But I just think that level of like last year with, with Rogers, I'm going to talk about this with the Packers later on too, but I hope you remember me telling you that the loss of Devonte Adams was going to really hurt. The yep. Packers last year, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that was felt more than anyone, you know. But going to, he's not like he's devoid of options last year with the worst quarterback play in the league, basically. Um, and then we just saw that the 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 connection they had in the last preseason game it was it was brief, but it was beautiful. Um, Brees Hall when he comes back, Dalvin Cook will help at the beginning. They, they just have they have enough options on offense. They have a great defense. You know, their front seven is so good. Quinn and Williams is so good. Like, I just can't put this team too much further down because of the Rodgers effect. Because everyone said last year, if the Jets had somebody better than Zach Wilson, you know, Mike White tore up – well, everybody tore up the Vikings secondary last year, but Mike White had actually a really solid game against us. So we held the Jets to some field goals that were key. We were able to win a close one, but – even with Mike White, the Jets were competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it was literally just the quarterback, and they addressed it. They got a former MVP who is coming in fresh. He's coming in with a better mindset. You could tell last year Rodgers was checked out. In addition to, oh, yeah. in addition to not having a receiver, he was confident in. Um, you know, Tyler Conklin's an underrated uh, tight end because I watched him just constantly do the right thing for the Vikings. It was never flashy but he would get an 18 yard gain a couple times a game that would just get a key first down for the Vikes. And so he's, he's in New York right now. I just, I, I really think that that Rogers makes a huge impact, but it's also the fact that their defense is all world. And I think that um, I just couldn't move them too much further down. Um, I think I could maybe, well, I'm not going to say I could maybe be anything. I'm going to stamp pat on five and make you convince me that they should be out of there. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm going with you. I am. Okay. I already wrote them in the doc. They are five. Oh, cool. Um, I, I love this. I mean, I had them at six and like I said, I've been itching to move the 49ers down anyways. Right. So I probably not outside top 10. We'll have to get there, but here, <laughs> here's the case for Rogers and the jets. This isn't just a, Wow, we're so excited! A former MVPs in New York, so now the Jets are amazing. No, no, no. the Jets no. were building this right last year. You mentioned it. This was the fifth best defense by DVOA last season, and and for the second half of the year, I think they were second. So this team could very well be a top three defense this year. And what did I say yep. earlier about the teams? If you can be top ten in both categories, you're a top five team in the NFL. Last yep. year, the Jets were 26th in offensive DVOA. With you said it, the worst quarterback in the NFL last year, and I have some stats for that that I'm going to give here in a minute. But just getting the quarterback play to average, because I even think their their rushing DVOA on offense was was decent. It was literally their passing DVOA that was horrible. Yeah. So here's here's some stats. This is just this is going from 
Zach Wilson last year to basically Aaron Rodgers' worst season in at least, you know, five, six years, right? Since the tail end (laughs) of the McCarthy era. So among 33 quarterbacks with 200-plus pass attempts, Rodgers was second overall in on-target percentage at over 80%. Over 80% of his passes were on target last year, and that's with all the intentional over and under throws that we saw him make because he was bad at his receivers last season. Yes, yes. Zach Wilson was last in that stat at 67.1%. I'm no no genius. You're the teacher here. That's a pretty big difference. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's a big one. 30 out of second and 33rd ranked in that stat. Bad throw percentage. Wilson was first at 25.5%. Rodgers was 21st at 14.8%. Interception percentage. Wilson was sixth at 2.9%. Sixth. Basically, 3% of the time that Wilson was throwing (laughs) the ball, he was throwing an interception. (laughs) Rodgers was. I want to know who's in front of him on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want don't, to. We, we don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Rogers was 17th in that stat at 2.2%, which is the fourth highest of his whole career uh, and, and the average for Zach Wilson's, right? Um, and, and finally, Zach Wilson was sixth in the league in sack percentage at over 8%, compared to Rogers at less than 6%, which was 23rd. So you're getting a drastically better quarterback dropped into this offense in and that's 2022 Aaron Rodgers who had the the quote unquote toe had the finger right. had the <laughs> bad you know didn't want to be there hated right. all his teammates <laughs> we're going to get like spiteful pumped up kind yeah. of mean fu energy Aaron Rodgers this season Maybe he'll never be MVP 2020-2021 Rodgers again. But he's going to be better than he was last year. And better than last year is a million times better than what they had in Zach Wilson last year. Yeah. So I love this. Especially with the defense. I mean, he'll he'll, if they have a bad series, it's not going to end in disaster like it did with Zach Wilson. Or not not as much who won't end in disaster. And so they'll have a defense that could get the ball right back and they'll be fine. And that defense was top five with all the bad positions that Wilson put them in. That's a great point mm-hmm. like, that, that you had because Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. He nope. he gets kind of clowned sometimes as much as you can clown the guy for football reasonings. For He's very conservative. He doesn't take a lot of chances. He doesn't want to throw interceptions. He will take a sack and punt the ball away, and then you have one of the best defenses in the league continuously starting on the other end of the field rather than last year, what they were dealing with with Wilson. Um, so those were all just a bunch of nerdy stats I had from a, another podcast that it was great <laughs> timing to throw out because we're putting yeah, the Jets at five. I hope everybody listens to this because it's still more about the defense, but we are excited for what Rodgers can do for this Jets offense. So for we sure. have the Jets at five. Um, sure. Let Let me look back at my uh, – okay, so who would you have six through nine again? I had well six through eight. I think we stopped at eight, but the six, six I had, I had Dallas at six, Miami at seven, and the Chargers at eight. What list is this? Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I was on something completely. You had different. multiple lists. You're just deciding which one. Is I was. I the the Chargers were at four on whatever the list that was. I don't oh, know what that was. Wow. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, okay. Okay, you had the Jets at five. Say you had the Cowboys at six, right? And you had Cowboys the Chargers six, yeah. at eight. 
Yep. Who and you had the Dolphins at seven. Dolphins at seven. Yep. Okay. Make your case for the Cowboys. All right. So a top fifteen offense and defensive defense last year. I don't know exactly what it was in in DVOA, but they were good on both sides of the ball. Um, last year, I feel like they're kind of boring lately, almost because they seem to really fizzle out in the playoffs and just not look like the team they are in the regular season. So it's hard because when you look at the roster, like I do think they're a top 10 team. And if you get Dak at his peak, I mean, they're, they're a really good offense. I mean, Kellen Moore leaving is a big deal. I've heard you guys mention that a lot on, you know, on your podcast, Simon on the stat sheet podcast, like, yeah, that, that could, could play a pretty significant role here, but I they just have the weapons. CD lamb is so versatile. Um, you know, if they get healthy Pollard this year, I think that's going to be better than feeding the ball to Zeke at t- times that didn't even seem like it made sense. Um, it's just like they were doing him a favor for some reason sometimes. So, um, and they still had a top 10 or a top, sorry, top 15 offense. I, I, uh, that I, I looked up. And so I, I actually wrote down that I think losing Zeke is kind of an addition by subtraction. I think they can open it up a little bit more. I didn't think he added much. I mean, he was a decent, decent in pass protection and things like that, but his rushing just wasn't there right. anymore. Um, if I have to worry about anything, and I know it's the sixth, my sixth best team, so we're probably not worrying about too much, um, but it's the turnover margin. Um, you know, they led, the, or sorry, Dak, Dak is very turnover prone, um, and their defense last year was elite in creating turnovers. Um, they led the league with 1.8 turnovers per game. And like that tells me that tells me they should be in the top 10 that defense if they're creating that many turnovers. I worry that it's gonna dip a little bit, like regress back. I know, mm-hmm. you know, we like their secondary. We love Trayvon Diggs, but he is like a more of a playmaker. And if he doesn't get as many of the picks and it's more um, you know, if they're giving up more yards, they give up like I think they're only like t- still top 15 in yards allowed per game, but they're like 13. So they weren't exactly shut down, but they were still in the top half of the league. So like I said, I'm not looking for a big drop off here. I don't even, I'm trying to make the case for the Cowboys. <laughs> Six. I don't know what I'm doing here. I was like, as I was coming up with stats, I was, I, I I'm worried that they depend too much on turnovers as a defense. And mm-hmm. it's hard to lead the league in turnovers per game every year. So I feel like just naturally that has to regress a little bit, but at the same time, you know, they have Trayvon Diggs. They have Micah Parsons. Like there is, there's evidence that supports that they should be at the top of the turnover margin again if Dak can take care of the ball and, and you know make smart choices, which I think he's capable of doing. And so that's why I think they're they're a top ten team for sure. Um, and where I have them at six right now, um, they do have to survive the NFC East, which is a challenge because the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now, and, and you know they have to play them twice. But they, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be pretty solid. So. Uh, I do like this. Um, to your point on the turnover margin, especially for the defense, that number is still significantly lower than it was in 2021, and they were still just as good. So I think they've shown – I think that shows enough that, hey, we're not completely relying on this because they even played a different way last year. They played more zone. They weren't quite as aggressive. And they were still coming up with a high number of turnovers, but not to the extent that they were the year before. So they've shown the multitude. They've shown the the ability to withstand not creating those turnovers again in a year where their offense wasn't as good as the year before. Um, to the offensive side of the ball, I cannot say this enough. 
and I totally understand your where you're coming from because as the Vikings fan, I'm I'm sure you're very in on the the Kirk versus Dak argument that is out there <laughs> in the NFL Twitterverse. Um, yep. But at least ten of those interceptions that Dak threw last year bounced off his own receiver's hands first. <laughs> I I swear I there was a game late in the season. Uh, I completely I, I have no I can't remember which one where he had multiple I think he had two on two successive consecutive drives and it was literally like back to back throws and it was literally tight end over the middle open oh sure uh, sets the ball like a volleyball in the air where it's like in his <laughs> gut. like it shouldn't even be possible right uh, and, and then the very next play like wide receiver just like like on a comeback route or something like that just bounces right like yeah the turnover luck and and so to to DVOA what what that had him as that had him as the uh were they the, they were either the first or the second ranked defense second ranked defense fifteenth ranked offense and and those numbers become from because DVOA does take into account turnovers because turnovers do make such a huge oh, difference yeah, for sure um. So I think you have to expect some regression from the offensive side because that is Dak's career high in interceptions. The fumbles were way down from where they were in 2021. So you mm-hmm. have to think that's going to all kind of settle. That said, I still have him somewhere in the like 12 to 15 range on offense because I am worried about what this offense scheme is going to look like, what the play calling mm-hmm. is going to look like. They've said they wanted to run the ball more. Which is uh, funny because their top running back broke his leg uh, seven months ago and nobody cares. Like he's going in the second round in fantasy drafts and everyone's Ah. like, man, we should let him go in the first round. It's like he broke his leg. They put him in an air cast immediately when that thing happened. (laughs) And he's just going to be the starting running back for a team that wants to run the ball more. I don't don't think that's going to work out. I don't think that's going to work that well. So – all that being said, when I when I break down my, my list and everything, I have them as elite defense and like slightly above average offense, which is why I have them at eight. Um, the Chargers, meanwhile, are taking Kellen Moore, who <laughs> every year that Dak has been healthy, where they've been paired together up until last year, and I, I already talked about the interceptions, they're a top eight offense by DVOA. They're just extremely efficient. They push the ball. They get first downs. They score points. Um, I think they have the, I think I saw a stat the other day that like they have the highest average of points per game the last four seasons, even more than the chiefs, uh, like 28, 29 points per game, something like that. And that guy is, you know, you talk about what Dak is as a quarterback, that guy's going to Justin Herbert, who has the Dak Prescott processing brain, but the elite arm and mobility, uh, in terms of moving around the pocket and yeah, he can get out and do a little bit of stuff. Yeah. I think the Chargers are going to finally take the leap to this elite, elite offense. And I'm projecting because nobody's really currently hurt, although I think a couple of the defensive linemen have gotten hurt. And uh, I think JC Jackson has, I don't think he's on pup. I think he got himself back in before training camp ended. But at this time, I have to project like the Chargers are going to be healthy on defense. Now they never make it through the season healthy on defense. <laughs> um, but I think they finished last year like 17th in, in DVOA defensively. Um, yeah, uh, I was 16th. Gonna... So elite offense, average defense, 
that nets out better than the Cowboys who are elite defense average offense, which is that's how that that tier breakdown kind of goes. It's top 10 in both elite offense, average defense, okay. average offense, elite defense. That's how it's typically shaken out over the last couple of weeks, uh, seasons. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And I was I was going to make the point for the Chargers, um, you know, have, having them at eight, saying that they, they really hit, hit the injury. They got hit by the injury bug harder than most teams last year. It's easy to say everyone has to deal with injuries because it's true. Um, every team has t- players that get to get injured. The Chargers had to deal with it a little bit most, a uh, little bit more. Um, and I actually wrote down too. I like one of these years the Chargers are going to put it together, and why not this year? Herbert, fresh off the brand new contract, everyone like you said, seemingly healthy, um, and they've just been burned in the past by weird. I don't want to say bad coaching, but weird coaching decisions. You might even say bad at times. I actually looked up. I was trying to figure out. Every time I watch the Chargers games, I feel like they're going for it on fourth down. Even though that's more common these days, I feel like they're going for a fourth down more than other teams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to look that up to see if that's just me. And it was just me. The stat doesn't necessarily support it, but they were eighth in fourth downs per game. They did have a 51.72% fourth down conversion rate for whatever for whatever that's worth. Um, uh, but then they led the league in third down conversion. So I, I don't really know what to make of all those stats. In my head, it was like, man, they're always going for it on fourth down. So then I was like, well, if the stats doesn't the stats don't support it, maybe it's just a timing thing. Um, I don't think it was even last year. It was a couple of years ago. They were on Sunday Night Football, and Brandon Staley went for it on fourth down like four times that they could have gotten field goals and they would have won the game. I don't remember who they're playing. I was like, what in the world? I get that you have this op- offense. If I had Justin Herbert, I wouldn't want to take him off the field either. You know, he's got the weapons. Eckler's great, and you know, Keenan Allen should be healthier this year. Mike Williams, and they drafted Quentin Johnston. Like they have all of the pieces. So why can't they put it together? And this might be the year they do, but like just weird timely decisions to risk it and not get it. And then they blew the lead in the playoffs last year. It just seems weird to me, um, but not necessarily bad. I think it's, it's, and that, that's why I think definitely top 10 and um, definitely could make, make a splash this year for sure. To, to the fourth down point, it's hilarious because yeah, in 2021, I'm sure they were by far the the highest team in attempts for that and then brandon staley got bullied so much through the (laughs) season and the offseason that he like completely went in a shell (laughs) last year and just started doing it like basically at an average rate um which was which was actually kind of hilarious to watch and also kind of (laughs) like buddy what are you doing here like this this is your calling card you got to do what you do or else it's not going to work out for you um but yeah so I think those are kind of the two teams we're settling in on here for seven and eight, because then we'll get into this like 49ers dolphins and a couple other teams in this range. But do you, do you see like, what do you think the ceiling for the chargers are is in terms of how good can they be offensively? And can that outweigh how good Dallas is going to be defensively? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I think Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott in terms of being prolific. Um, and I like Dak Prescott as well, but I think, I just think if things click with, with his receivers and they're, and they, they don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, and of course I had the, I had the Cowboys ranked higher, but now I feel like I'm talking myself into the chargers. So I, we're just coming to a consensus, man. That's, that's all. We're, yeah, just, that's we're just coming together. We're figuring this out. Yeah. I, I, I think will say I can go only either way, but, because I do like, I do really like Dallas. I do, I do like what they have going on. I just also, I love the Chargers. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think that uh, their ceiling is only really capped by being in the division with the Chiefs. Like they could very well 
finish 13 and four, the chiefs could finish 13 and four and they could lose out on the division on a tiebreaker. Something wonky like that could, could be, could be realistic. I I would think, because I think they're that good. And I think they're the second best team in the, the West, obviously. Um, I think we could go chart. You had chargers six, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we could go chargers six and then maybe we slide my Dallas pick down to seven. Okay. Um, because I think we're we're a little bit far off on Miami. Um, I don't know how we go about this though, because I haven't said the Niners yet, and you haven't said the Dolphins yet. So we don't yeah, know. There's going to have to be a card played here <laughs> pretty soon. I think. Played, uh, yeah. Give me what number do you have the Dolphins? I have the Dolphins at seven, but at but oh, actually, oh sorry, the Niners. What number do you have the Niners? I have the Niners at twelve. Okay, give me your eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So give me give me those next five teams, kind of who you have. What well, what's still kind of in the mix here between eight and twelve for you? Oh boy, this is where we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of. Do you have the Vikings like in it. this range? Yes, I do. No, oh, no, Josh. <laughs> I knew no. it was coming. I tried to push him as far down as I could. I really did. Oh um, man, but this I is think gonna be they're tough. gonna be better than last year. They're fifteen and four. I know it was a weird thirteen and four, but I don't know. Oh, it's gonna be so tough. This is going to be tough. I have, okay. <laughs> I actually don't, also don't know how high you are on the Lions because I have, I have Vikes nine, Lions ten, and I have the Jags eleven. Hang on, say that again. you have the Vikings at nine. Is that what you just Vikes said? Vikes nine, Lions ten, Jags eleven. Oh my god! I feel like you have none of those teams. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, we were so good. So I, we were so I, good. I know we started out so high. I have the Jaguars at nine. Oh, okay. Um, I do have the Dolphins at ten. Oh, okay. Um, I have the Lions at, at eleven. <laughs> I have the Lions at thirteen. Uh, I got the Vikings at eighteen. Josh. Whoa. I'm, I'm, I, I can. I. I'm sure I can come up higher. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is where this podcast is going <laughs> to get long. Um. <laughs> Doing all my research for this, getting back into it, thinking back and, and reading stuff and listening to stuff and, and talking to you and all of these Vikings people that are in my life all of a sudden. <laughs> the Vikings are they want to they wanted this. They wanted a competitive rebuild, right? That's mm-hmm. the mantra of what's going on here. And last season, you and I talked about it a lot. I talked I said it a lot with Ronan Summers on on the stat sheet where we did believe in this intrinsic, yeah, we know what the numbers say, but there's something mm-hmm. to a team that can just win in close games. And that's that's great, and I love that because that's what sports is about. We love the underdog story. We love all that crap, right? That's why we do this. Yep. But then when it becomes to making our power rankings for the next season, we have to look <laughs> back and say this team was 27th in DVOA, 29th offensively, 30th Oof. defensively, and we're like, this team wasn't that good. And like – we expect and, and and I'm gonna shout out Mike on the Vikes podcast with Josh Lemisan. This team's <laughs> not going to be as good, but they're also at the same time going to be better in a way, right? And I totally mm-hmm. buy into that. I think offensively, this team now knows what it wants to do. You you talked about this this week, talking about your 53 man roster when it came out for the Vikings. And this team knows its identity. It has four tight ends and a fullback, right? This team wants to run the heck out of the ball. Dalvin Cook was still good for the explosive play every once in a while, but he wasn't hitting the hole hard and getting the short yardage, getting the the, the keeping the four yard plays four yards, right? 
That's what Alexander Madison's going to do. That's what this team wants to do. Defensively, they've stripped a lot of the like fancy schmancy stuff in terms of Zedarius Smith. Um, that's probably really it in terms of fancy schmancy stuff. But then they're bringing in Brian Flores, right? It felt like there were so many defenders that left, so many talent, so much talent that left. But now Brian Flores is here, and you're like, well, this defense is going to do something, right? It might not mm-hmm. all work out all the time. But I think this nets out to a, a top 20 defense just because it's going to create havoc. And I still believe in this offense, but I do think uh, they're going to take a, a step back in, in some ways. And because this team is kind of actively trying to like remain pretty good, but also they're fine taking a step back. And these teams that I have here between 9 and 18 all took a step <laughs> up. It's a huge gap. There's no way they're going to stay all the way at 18, but there's a huge <laughs> gap of teams that got better. I'm like, the Vikings are actively not trying to get better in some capacity. So that's why I have them so low. So let's, let's hold off on the Vikings for now. Because I know, I know my, my bias, my bias crept in. We're going to find uh... some somewhere in the middle. (laughs) I'm sure we'll end up a little higher than, than your list. Um, (laughs) What number did you say you had the Niners at? I had the Niners at 12. um, And the Niners at 12. Yes. So last season for the 40, and, and let's just, let's clear something up real quick for, for the listeners here at home. Uh, we have our top seven figured out and the next 10 teams are going to be a mess. Um, but yes. those, the, the top seven are the chiefs, the Eagles, the bills, the Bengals, the jets, the chargers, the Cowboys. Fair, fairly decent consensus there between, between yeah. Josh and I for that. that. Those were looking back. Those were pretty easy to come to consensus on. I feel like. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Parker. And I'm Robert Zenvire, and we are the Odds on Favorite, presented by Boxcore Network. Every week, we analyze NFL point spreads, over-unders, props, futures, and much more. Follow us on Twitter, at Odds on Favorite, and listen on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello everybody, Brandon Tim here, telling you all to listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise podcast giving you the insights to help you win your fantasy football leagues together we will look at everything fantasy football from the platforms we use to navigating weekly player projections listen to the fantasy football franchise a box score network podcast we'll see you at the next episode so the teams right now that we're kind of looking at that could round out this top 10 let's try to focus on rounding out our top 10 here The 49ers should be in the conversation. The Jags are going to be in the conversation. The Dolphins are in the conversation. Um, And then like the, the lions maybe are that kind of fourth team trying to break into the, those last couple spots. Um, Where did Mm -hmm. you settle before we dive into those four teams for those three spots? Where did you, the, the last two teams that we haven't said that I have in this range are the Ravens and the Seahawks. Where did you net out with those two? Uh, so the Ravens I have at 13, so not too okay. far away. And then the Seahawks I actually have all the way down at 20. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. <laughs> We've got a lot to figure out. Uh, so, But those four teams, so those sound right for these three spots to you? Dolphins, Jaguars, 
Niners, Lions. Which team am I leaving out from your list in this range? Um, no, I would. Ha- so I have the Dolphins at seven, the Lions mm-hmm. at ten, Jags, and then the Niners. So those those four. Okay. I I think for sure those four would would be t- any of those four. I could think moving into the top ten. I guess since I had the Dolphins at seven. Yeah. Um, I actually put in my notes that I'm way too high on the AFC East. So if we think that's too high for the, I just think that, and again, I didn't factor into his history in a perfect world to his, uh, whatever that karate thing he's doing to help him fall better is going to help him fall better. Cause when he stayed healthy, you're just not stopping Tyree kill Jalen Waddle. And then, you know, the, the bevy of running backs that are coming out there with that offense. I, I feel like that's really good. And I have a soft spot for the, uh, for the Dolphins defense, I, I feel like they're not they're not elite by any means, but I, I feel like they they've had a really good defense for the past few years. So I'm thinking consistency. Um they still have Xavier Howard, Javon Holland, two guys that I'm I really, really enjoy. I like Christian Wilkinson or is it just Christian Wilkins, I think it is, but um I really I just I for some reason I really like the Dolphins this year for for those reasons. So I I have them highest out of those four, but I could be, you know could make some you could wheel and deal a little bit so so i i'm i'm with you on the dolphins defense because i love the talent that they've had and from a coaching aspect they've had this brain drain of brian flores leaving but his defensive coordinator staying so they were still doing some of that stuff that didn't all the way mesh with the things mike mcdaniel was doing last year and now they're bringing in vic fangio who's like the a top three regarded defensive coordinator in the league Jalen Ramsey is going to be on this defense. So as a in whole, I feel great about this defense. Now for power rankings, this is for our preseason going into week one. Ramsey can't really be a factor in that. So even my own defensive rankings, I had them at like as my seventh top defense before that happened. They do probably need to go down a little bit. So by no means do I think they're going to be, you know, elite in either category because on offense last season, they finished as the seventh best offense. I wouldn't call that elite, but we saw the difference between two a healthy to a not healthy. Right. We should. I'm so torn with the injury stuff, like when to assume there's going to be injuries and when to <laughs> not do that. Right. The injury concern I'm more concerned about is Teron Armstead, the left tackle, yeah. uh, who's just always hurt. You have to just factor that in. And somehow they have less depth on the offensive line than they even had last year um, because they're one snap. I mean, I think at this point, Austin Jackson is still projected to be the right tackle. So I guess Austin Isaiah Wynn could be the left tackle in that. We we don't have to also go on a whole offensive line tangent because listeners (laughs) know how I and we can do that. I Um, almost just asked you an offensive line question and I myself no no that's not the point right now yeah we, 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 we'll bookmark that one um so so yeah i i think the dolphins i could see them pretty easily and ending the season as a top 12 team on both sides of the ball but for the purposes of right now what's going to happen early in the season early in the season the offense is healthy so they could be a very good offense and i do think even without jalen ramsey this is going to be a better defense than it was than it finished last season because of Vic Fangio, because of the development of, of those young guys. Um, so I am I am pretty high. On, I had him at ten. So I guess okay. the question would kind of be then, uh, because yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to keep moving the 49ers down here a little bit for this eight nine battle. The team I want to talk about here comparatively is the Jaguars, and this is where we get into the 
what's better to be good on offense and defense or elite in one aspect and just straight up bad in the other. So last year, I, I talked about the the tiers of things, top 10 in both, elite on one side, average, average, then elite. The fourth tier is a very good offense and an average to bad defense. Some teams like this would be, let's see, who's a very good offense and average. I mean, the, I mean, the Dolphins is one last year, seventh and 15th. The Lions last year were the ninth best team by DVOA. They were fifth on offense, 28th on defense. That mm-hmm. could very well be the Jaguars this season. Those, those exact rankings, that could be the Jaguars. Um, and then after that, it's average offense and slightly bo- slightly below average defense. So that's where we – and it's almost a very similar conversation to the one we just had, Cowboys versus Chargers, right? What's more important, the offense or the defense? Um, mm-hmm. I But I had these teams kind of right next to each other at 9 and 10. So mm-hmm. what are your feelings there on Jaguars versus Dolphins? Again, going into week one knowing – Jalen Ramsey is hurt, but two is healthy right now. Um, and then what we're expecting from Trevor Lawrence and, and this offense this season for the Jaguars. Yeah, I can I can definitely see your point on the Jags. And I um I think, you know, factoring in the fact that there's all of a sudden not enough people in the world that know how to play left tackle, you know, if if Teron, Teron Armstead does have to miss any time, that is gonna be a, a pretty significant hit. And without Jalen Ramsey, I can see I can see moving the Jags up. Um, I also think playing in the AFC South is going to benefit that. I don't want to get too much into their strength of schedule and stuff, but going against the the Texans and the Colts and the um and the Titans is a little bit better than what the Dolphins will have to go up and uh, go up with go up against six times this season. So mm-hmm. I think I would feel comfortable putting the Jags up at eight if it's between the Jags and the Dolphins. Okay, we're gonna do that. And do that. I think that I, I feel think like that's good. I feel like I'm bullying you, but this is no. I think I think the the, <laughs> the the DVOA stats are very persuasive, and I think sometimes I'm 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 a little bit more like my own personal eye test instead of you know some other more specific. Well, we always so joke think... about this when whenever you and I get on a podcast together, we sound like really two old crotchety people. We're <laughs> not like that really independently. But we bring it out in each other somehow. So I thought we'd, we'd bring the stats alive for, for this podcast. Oh, yeah, really, for sure. Really get into it. Um, sure. Okay. So let's have this 49ers conversation. Because <laughs> we're at 10 now. And, and 10 feels like that, that round number of we're making a point to keep them out of top five. But we might be crazy to keep them out of top 10. So last year in DVOA, the Niners were the sixth best offense and the best defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're losing to Miko Ryans, but they're adding Javon Hargrave to this defense. Um, they are, for the first time in a number of years, going with an external DC, that being Steve Wilkes, who we like, but he's not what the 49ers have been for the last, I don't know, whenever Robert Sala's first year what the team was and then handed it to Miko Ryans when he went to the Jets. Uh, this team was sixth offense last year. But here's where I here's where I can be swayed because I don't think they're going to be this elite top ten on both sides of the ball this year. Since Kyle Shanahan has been with the Niners since 2016-2017, they've had a top ten offense by DVOA any season. Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy and plays a majority of the games, which I know we got excited for the seven. And by we, I mean many other people got excited by the seven or eight games that Brock Purdy played last year. 
but Jimmy Garoppolo still played a majority of the games last season. So mm-hmm. the majority of those stats need to be with Jimmy <clears throat> Garoppolo in mind. And right. by the way, adding Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yep. Every year that Shanahan has had a non-Jimmy Garoppolo start the majority of the year at quarterback, they're outside of the top 20. So we're talking your your Nick Mullins for two seasons, your CJ yep. Beathard for a I'm season. Just, yeah, I just couldn't grab CJ Beathard's name. Too. Anytime <laughs> those guys started, I know we think, oh, Kyle Shanahan can do it with anybody. No, no, no. Kyle Shanahan can do it with Jimmy Garoppolo, who yeah. by no means is an elite or at this point even really above average quarterback probably but they just work well together sometimes you just have those pairings that click brock purdy yeah worked last season but by the way he was the last pick of the draft for a reason Mm -hmm. and he's coming off of an elbow injury like he had Mm -hmm. surgery like six months ago on his throwing elbow I don't, and they were they were six. It's not like they were third in offensive DVOA last year. I see this team falling out of the top ten in offensive DVOA. Do I see them being below average? No. So now we're kind of in the category of they're an average offense with I still think is going to be an elite defense. I still have them as the second best defense going into this season. So yeah. I, I think it's pretty hard to keep them out of the top ten when the top ten last year really exclusively included teams that were at least average on offense, but the elite defenses, the best here, here were the best defenses in the top 10 last year in DVOA. We had the Niners were the first best defense. The Cowboys were the second. Uh, We didn't have the third. I believe that was the Patriots who were Mm -hmm. like the 25th best offense, um, which is, which is tough. Uh, Actually. Oh no. The Eagles Eagles were third. Yeah. Eagles were third, okay. um, but yeah, the Patriots were up there. They were, I think, they were the only top five defense that didn't make the top ten. And because again, twenty twenty fourth best defense. So that's kind of what you're looking at when 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 you're talking about a team that's a top top five defense with at least an average offense can can get to the top ten. So with that said, do you see this offense dropping out of average? Because there is there is a history of that with Shanahan and non-Jimmy G quarterbacks. Yeah, I think I think the the Shanahan point is an important one. I think we because we and myself included, I, I didn't even know that stat. I think we just anoint him as a genius because we look at the quarterbacks and it's not nothing exciting and it seems to be overall. But when you break it down like that, you know, it has just been with Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Garoppolo. I mean, I guess we give him maybe credit for moving Debo Samuel into the backfield more. Like that seemed to be a really smart play. Um, and then they brought in McCaffrey, but that's you know, it's easy to coach McCaffrey. You would think. Um, my my big issue with the Niners is is I still don't buy Brock Purdy. Um, even if he was fully healthy, I think he did a lot of good game managing stuff and a ton of credit to the kid for coming in when he pro- and he mm-hmm. thought he had no chance of playing this year. He balled out. He was a gamer. He didn't shy away from the challenge. Um, but I I don't know that he did anything super miraculous. And I think with a full, with a lot more preparation, teams know what he did last year. I don't know if he'll be dynamic enough or take it to the next level. I don't know if he's got that in him. And that's part, that's kind of my biggest argument against the Niners. My other one is um, their defense is probably the best real quick i was looking up his stats to see if he was on pace to to you know to get some records for most consecutive games played because that i respect players like that he's, he's missed one game in his career which is really frustrating 
because otherwise he would be at 82 consecutive games played. Um, so I'm really bummed. I wish he would have been like on the field for like half of a quarter just so that didn't show up as a missed game because because 80, 81, 82 possible games is a really, really impressive stat these days, especially when playing the linebacker position as he and guard guard a receiver in the, in the secondary as well. Uh, but anyway, that's a sh- just a shout out to Fred Warner. The other my other issue with the Niners last year is I went back and looked at their you know their path to the they didn't start off super great. I think they were like three and four at one point, and then they ran off ten straight wins. And in that winning streak, they beat the Rams, they beat the Cardinals twice, they beat the Saints, the Seahawks, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Dolphins without Tua. Um, and then they beat the Chargers, I think. And when I look at the list of the teams they played, especially last year, like on one hand, you say, yeah, their defense was elite and they won 10 straight. That's really hard to do in the NFL, even if you're playing the worst team every week. I totally get that. They ended up beating the Seahawks three times, which is really hard to do as well. Um, But also I see the Cardinals twice. I see the Rams who were terrible last year, the Saints who were bad last year. You know, uh, the the Raiders weren't particularly great. Like the, the, the teams they beat in that winning streak, none of them were really, you know, aside from the Chargers, and the Seahawks, I suppose, and I'm lower on the Seahawks than you. We already we already found that out a little bit, um, but that that list just doesn't impress me. Um, I do think their defense is still going to be great, which is why I felt I, I I'll be honest, I felt like twelve was too low when I made my list. Um, so I you know, but I but I stuck with it because I was like, you got to impress me a little bit more than that. Um, you know, but even even though winning, I mean, yeah winning 10 in a row sure but i mean you have to i just don't, don't think they played that i think that factors in is what i guess i'm trying to say um you know about the 49ers so it's yeah i don't know if that if that if that helps at all try to explain why i dropped them so low but listen i i love it i think those are all great points i think that note about the the win streak and the teams they were playing was huge because you look at uh, you know the the teams. And I know that those weren't all brought pretty games, but the, the the teams, the competition Purdy came into play against. When you compare it to another rookie like Kenny Pickett last year, whose first yeah. three games were against the Bills, the Eagles, and like the Bucks defense, like three top ten defenses who just uh, destroyed him. Um, it definitely helps. It definitely helps. I am not in yeah. on Brock Purdy either. I think it's way more likely he gets benched at some point this season for Sam Darnold, then he plays or he starts all 17 games and, and all the way through the playoffs. Um, obviously, yeah, you, you, you root for everybody. It's not that I have a dislike for him or anything, but I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. That said, I'm playing one card here. I'm just going right. to, I'm just going to do it because let's do it. I love, I love, the conviction and i want to be there with you and i want to do it <laughs> and i love that we've knocked them down a peg all the way here to 10 i can't yeah. knock them i can't knock them pat yeah this is going to be an elite defense i think they have to be top 10 this is going to be the peter griffin back scratcher card and okay just no questions asked we're, we're just going to put them at 10 we okay the evidence is out there we've put our feelings out there how we feel about the niners but we also have too much respect for the power rankings to leave off the elite defense and ignore historical gotcha. precedent. Or at least that's 
what we're saying no, I, with the card. I got you. You don't. So you don't <laughs> think there's any chance that the defense falls off just because they get mad that their offense takes such a deep shot? <laughs> just all out of Denver Broncos last year. That's a great question. And you know what? Uh, Nick Bosa is still uh, without a contract. Uh, That's right. A week That's ahead right. of week one. Uh, <laughs> if Nick Bosa holds out and doesn't play those first four games by the time we get on this podcast for the next one, yeah, we could we could move them down quite significantly, I think. But I think going into the season <laughs> to have the team that might have won the NFC Championship game had uh, had Brock Purdy of all people not gotten hurt outside yeah. the top ten, I think is tough. So that's yeah. We are going to play the card. I haven't even decided how I'm going to organize when the cards get played. Cards, <laughs> diamond, back scratcher. The PGBSC. <laughs> the, the really easy rolls off the tongue to say. Um, That's right. All right. So our top 10, everybody. We're going we're gonna to get through the rest of these much, much quicker, but the top 10 is very important to talk about. So we have yep. the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bills, the Bengals, the Jets is our top five. After that, we have the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and the 49ers. All right. Let's get into... Let's do a bigger well, before, chunk here. Oh yeah. Before we before we do the next range, I feel like the Lions are number eleven based on both of our rankings. Then, because I, I had them. Oh, I you had, had thirteen. 13. I thought I heard you. But, Never mind. But um, we 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 we'll, let's talk. Let's talk this out. Let's do let's do a okay. slightly bigger chunk here. Let's do eleven to sixteen. Let's round out the top half of the NFL. Okay. I have the Lions at thirteen, which I can already see moving up because I made this before the extra slew of injuries to the Ravens who I had at 11. So Mm -hmm. I can pretty easily go as high as 12 for the lions. Um, And I'm sure you'll convince me or get us to go to 11 since the team I have ahead of them is so far down your list. (laughs) 11 to 16 right now. I have the Ravens, the Seahawks, the lions, the Steelers, the Falcons and the saints. So how many of those teams do you not kind of have in this, this new range for you now? So we're we're still looking eleven through fifteen, right? Uh, let's go to sixteen. Let's go to 11 16. To sixteen. Okay. So I had the Ravens at thirteen. Okay. I have the Steelers at fourteen. Cool. I have the Saints at fifteen. Okay. And then who else did you say? I had the Falcons in this range as well as the Seahawks. Okay, I had the Seahawks at twenty, and then I have <laughs> I have the Falcons down at twenty-two. Oh my gosh, we were so close. All right. For consensus sake, let's plug in some of these teams that we agree on. So we have the Ravens, the Lions, the Steelers, and the Saints all kind of in this range already. I want to move the Ravens down a little bit because I am worried about some of those injuries and their depth on defense. So let's let's go ahead and plug in – oh, God, I kind of already want to use a card on the Seahawks, but we have to be consensus here. I can't (laughs) bully you all the way from 20 to 12. I want to note it. I love the Seahawks and I'm going to get them into this top 16. So we're going to, we're let's do this. Well, let's go ahead and plug okay. in the lines. We can do the lines at 11. Okay. We can do, and and once we get these four teams in, I'll, I'll ask you just kind of your, for your feelings in, in, overall with these four teams. And for then, sure. wow, this, you had the Steelers at 14, the Ravens at 13 and the Saints at 15. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where did okay. you have the Saints? I had the Saints at 16. 
So oh, so okay. and really considering the other the other movements here. I'm I'm trying to play with can I argue for the Steelers above the Ravens because I am worried about the Ravens step, but I'm not going to do that because I think the Ravens offense is going to be really good. So we're going to go Lions at 11, Ravens at 12, Steelers at 13, and we'll we'll go the Saints at 14. I'm high on the Saints as well. I I like Again, this team has been top 10 in defense basically every year since Dennis Allen mm-hmm. has been there. They stayed that even when he became the head coach. I know they've lost some talent and coaching on that side of the ball, but I think this is going to still be a good defense. Um, mm-hmm. Their young defensive backs are another year. Alante Taylor I love. Um, yep. I I still like Paul Sundadebo. Um, I think this defense is still going to be good. and. Yep. This offense is going from Andy Dalton, who if you squint really hard at the advanced metrics was good last season, but it's Andy Dalton and he's mm-hmm. like 40 years old and yeah. they're getting Derek Carr, who the much maligned Derek Carr, who of course now for all the Derek Carr haters had his worst season last year, transitioning yep. into this Josh McDaniels offense that doesn't fit anybody, um, right. <clears throat> had, had a bad year and it's now gone. A, a big shocker. But they're going from Andy Dalton to Derek Carr. So I, I love the Saints team. Uh, I don't yep. think they're going to – I don't. I haven't fully decided if I think they're going to like win the South or really be a legitimate team when it comes to the playoffs. But they keep finding ways to be good. So yeah. I, I'm happy with I them think, at 14. Yeah, I was going to say their, their defense is always really solid, and it kind of just gets boring after time. And I think – once Drew Brees left, I think I—I I, I mean, I, I just get the feeling. I don't know if it's true or not, but I feel like nationally, you just kind of don't look at the Saints because you know, especially last year with Andy Dalton, it's just not exciting. Um, I had this whole tidbit that I was going to do about Will Lutz's worst field goal make field field goal percentage made last year was seventy four point two, and then as I was finishing the stat, I realized he had gotten traded to the Broncos, so he's not even <laughs> yeah, on the Saints it. anymore. Sean <laughs> but, Payton, baby. If we if we just stick with that because I did all the the numbers not all the numbers but basically my my thing was um, they could have been nine and eight last year with a couple kicks or a couple better kicking games from him and he had a he had a historically bad year in relation to his career now their new kicker is Blake Group or Groupie or something I don't I don't know anything about him so Great clearly start. it's not a sure thing but you know if you have a defense if you have a kicking game you know their offensive weapons are actually potentially really really good if you get anything so close to what Kamara and Michael Thomas have been in their career they're going to be really good Chris Olave is one of the best young receivers that we'd have been talking a lot more of if it wasn't Dalton throwing him throwing him the ball and I think Derek Carr will will be able to get that going um so yeah I, I'm with you on the Saints uh, especially in the NFC South which is which is pretty up for grabs I think that they, they seem to be one of the more stable teams at least in my opinion I I they're my highest nfc south ranked team and that was by design because i i kind of in my head i feel like they are the most stable the most poised to to win more games than they need to uh and relatively to relative to the other nfc south teams so so i like them at 14 for sure ravens and steelers afc north battle really a toss-up i said it the ravens defense and their depth and the injuries they're already sustaining Makes me nervous, but I do think Todd Monken is going to make this offense elite, um, especially by the second half of the season. But again, I, I, you know, if you're thinking about where these two teams are going to be at for the first four weeks of the year, 
I'm really trying to keep my Steelers fandom under wraps, guys. But that first team <laughs> offense looked great at the beginning. But I still I want to see it in the regular season. So I'm not going to try to put them ahead of the Ravens yet. Come talk to me week four. We might be feeling differently. Um, but this team was seven and two. The Steelers were in the last nine games last season. And and uh, you go back and you look at Kenny Pickett's rookie year, and it's never going to look good on the Pro Football Reference page. But when you add the context of the teams he was playing for the first handful of his games to, you know, then the second half of the year, which, hey, wasn't all cupcakes like the the Saints were in that back half of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, The Cleveland Browns were in the back half. The Ravens game, obviously, Um, there were good teams in the back half that he went out and beat or that he, he was leading the charge to then beat. But the murderers row of the games early in the season. Yeah. I, I feel okay in this ranking now because since I made this ranking for you know the hundredth time, like three, four <laughs> weeks ago, the national media now loves the Steelers as well and loves the yep. AFC North. So I feel like I can get we can get away with this. We both seem to feel pretty good about this. But in terms of Ravens versus Steelers, I think we need to see the Steelers take a step forward offensively and be healthy and consistent defensively, which we hadn't seen right. in a couple of years um, from a health perspective. So I, I think the Ravens still get that nod um, yeah. over the Steelers. I've... And if if the Ravens weren't so hurt and injured, I could still have them above the Lions. But I think this feels right overall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with almost everything you just said there. I think the Ravens are going to have a little bit of, of rust to shake off with, with Lamar coming back and learning a new offense. But once those weapons get going in the Todd Monken offense, it's going to, I mean, we could have the Ravens even way too low at this point. Like they might just yeah. be flying all over the place. So, um, so I, I like that now, but um, you know, Kenny Pickett really proved himself last year to me and they were dead last in passing touchdowns per game. The Steelers were, that's not going to happen again with um, it was kind of weird that Deontay Johnson had zero touchdowns. Thanks mm-hmm. for my fantasy team. I had to get that uh, little complaint out there because <laughs> really cost me uh, pretty consistently. But uh, Pickens, I think, is going to – he could potentially explode this year. I think that he and, he and Pickett developed some good rapport, and he's so good downfield that, um, you know, that I think Tomlin for sure at the bare minimum will keep his above 500 record streak intact. I feel like that's that's a pretty safe bet at this point. Um so, so yeah, I'm right there with you. Let's let's go Ravens and Steelers, and that gets and then Saints at fourteen. Okay, great. And I'm sure you had a bunch of stuff for the Lions, um, but I don't even oh, think we yeah. need to fight over them. They were an elite offense last year, top five. I don't think they'll be quite as good. Um, Jared Jared Goff coming off of a really good year makes me very very nervous but that's not analytical enough to change a power ranking (laughs) if i was doing a true prediction episode that would be different but their power ranking still needs to be pretty high because i also think their defense is going to be better it was better the second half of the year last year they got very good at like solving one thing a game right they were okay we need to stop the run this game we need to stop the explosive plays downfield this game they weren't stacking those things and doing multiple good things every week, but they were good at taking one thing every week and making that their focus and being good at it. I don't think they'll be the 28th ranked defense again. I think they'll be somewhere yeah. around 22, 23. And if they're, let's say, the ninth best offense now instead of fifth, that still probably nets out to be slightly better than last year. So so I think yeah. even though I'm yeah, shaky they, they... on Goff, uh, I, I think this is the right spot for them. 
yeah, the other thing I thought they should have addressed on defense, which I like, um, and even offense, if they have a weak weapon, if they had it was tight end after giving us TJ Hawkinson, but they drafted Sam Laporta, so they even kind of made a yep. uh, made an attempt there to, to plug that hole. So yeah, I, I mean, it probably don't need to discuss the Lions too much. If I wasn't a Vikings fan, I would probably be picking the Lions to win the North this year. I'll say that, I guess, for posterity's sake. <laughs> uh, the North, the, the North, man, the NFC North. It's such a bloodbath. All right, let's <laughs> let's round out this top half because. This is where it's going to get messy. I have two teams remaining here that you very much don't believe in. You have the Seahawks <laughs> and the Falcons down in the in the bottom uh, from 20 and 22. The teams you have remaining in this section, uh, you're obviously waiting for where we're going to put the Vikings. And what's the other team that we haven't listed for you yet that would be in this top half? Top half? Uh, you mean up to, through 15 or 16? Up through up 16. Through... <laughs> you're not going to like this one. <laughs> I went with upside here, um, which is probably this. This I already don't like this pick anymore. But I had the Bears at sixteen when I stopped tinkering. Wow! And that seems wild to me, but they had another wow. off season that I thought was going to catapult them. Um, wow! So I could be easily swayed there. I might have to use a card to keep your Seahawks from moving too far up, but but you can still defend your case. <laughs> I'm going to play my second card right now. I'm playing it. I'm just, I'm going to play it. Card number two, <laughs> JD and Turk friendship card, because I cannot post this podcast with my name on it with the Vikings over the Seahawks. So I know what's going to happen next. I know what's going to happen here. You're going to get the Vikings over the Falcons next to round out the top half. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to let it happen. <laughs> Although I could That's just right. let you get whatever you want for the back half of the rankings, because who? Really you could, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm not. Go- I'm going to save the backstabbing for later. I'm playing card number two um, to get the Seahawks here, and and here's the Seahawks case for the Seahawks, Seahawks, and here's why they have to be here. Okay. All right. Last year, DVOA, offense 14th, defense 21st. And that's with how they were basically the worst team against the run for like two-thirds of the season last year. They add Draymond Jones to this defense. They add Devon Witherspoon to this defense. Jamal Adams is healthy and I think converting to like a linebacker blitzing outside linebacker role, which I love um, for him. They brought in Julian Love to play safety next mm-hmm. to Quandre Diggs. Love that. Um, they signed Uchenna Nwosu, re-signed Uchenna Nwosu. They obviously Reek Woolen is another step further in his development. There was somebody else I was gonna throw out there. Oh, Jordan Brooks is supposed to be healthy, and Bobby Wagner is back. And I think I said this already, but they add Draymond Jones to this defensive line, which was just a putrid yep. group last season. So I think this defense is going to jump into uh, where did I actually put them to, in my official rank? I put them at twentieth. I think that's a little low, um, but this offense. I think is going to be even better than 14th because the things that Gino did last year, there's not a thing from his game in the stats or on the film. That's not sustainable, right? He still threw a high number of interceptions. He was, I think he had 22 turnover worthy plays last season and threw like 11 picks, which like that ratio is pretty much the league average. 
Um, it was on the higher end of the interceptions of, of the league. So it's not like he got really lucky with turnovers, right? Gino pushes the ball. He's not just this like safe check down Charlie pocket manager. Like he will throw the ball. He has no problem doing that. And they add weapons to this. He's not doing a quarterback competition, right? He's he's walking in day one. Right. I'm the starter. So I see no way that this team is any worse than they were last year. And they were a top 10 DVOA team last year in total. I think they've gotten better. I think they've gotten deeper, um, which is why I need to play my card here and put the Seahawks at 15. All right. I will accept your card as I have to. (laughs) (laughs) I will will say just for the record going on record that, I mean, I I had them at 20, so I can settle on 15 and be, and, and I can, I'll get some sleep tonight. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, okay. not gonna lose too much sleep. But what I, what I, what I had going for the Seahawks that made me nervous is um, the, I feel like Gino tapered off last year um, near the end of the season. And I think mm-hmm. this, I'm going to pull it up right now. So I don't get it wrong. Let's see. One, two, three. Yeah. They lost four out of the last seven games. And the one they won at the end was an OT victory over the Rams. Yep. Um, you know, on top of that, they out of their nine wins, four of them came against the Cardinals at the Rams. And then they beat the Jets, the Giants, and the Broncos. So they didn't exactly – I mean, the Giants were a playoff team. They won a playoff game. I get it. But um, kind of the schedule argument I used against the Niners, I might, maybe this is just me being down on the NFC West a little bit. But they, they, when I went back and looked at what they did, was I, I was ecstatic to see Geno Smith get some national hype. What a, what a story to come in rarely do guys that old it feels like get another chance to lead a team and now he's going to get a full season so good good on him for sure but i just felt like i saw a drop off and then when i looked at the schedule i was like well they didn't exactly play all the best anyway then um you know then they lost to the niners for a third time in the playoffs so so that didn't exactly scream um improvement to me going into this year but then i did i did mark down the jamal adams coming back that's going to be such a huge boost getting Bobby Wagner back and all the other guys they drafted Devin Witherspoon. I think that was a smart pick as well. And so I think they have like, you're right. I think their, their defense goes up and, and I love JSN on offense. So I, I, I mean, I, I can, I'll be able to live with the fifth, the spot or the Seahawks at 15. Um, even though I think, unfortunately, I, I just have a, I feel like Gino's not going to be as efficient as he was, or not as good as he was last year. Like you said, he wasn't necessarily efficient. He, he likes to air it out and, and go deep. I just, I don't know. I, I have to see it against some better some better teams this year, I guess, for, for me to – and have him do it consistently. If he had done what he did earlier in the year all season, I'd be like, let's go. I'm on the Geno train. But they kind of just hit a wall at the end of the season. And so yep. hopefully that is – hopefully that is part of – well, not hopefully. I don't like the Seahawks, but <laughs> for the – the mentality of the guys in Geno Smith. Yeah. Hopefully they, with the full off season that without the QB battle, he gets the, you know, he gets that, that stability and he, and he feels good about it. So for, for his sake, but the so, 49ers so play in game, I think was the epitome of the adjustment teams made the second half of the season. The mm-hmm. be- because the way you get Geno is interior pressure up the middle, right? Yep. The first half of the season, I think everyone thought, go after the rookie tackles, right? Two rookie tackles and this guy who hasn't right. been a starter in a long time, that's where right. you want to attack him. And then the tackles were good. Took till the second half of the year for teams to be like, hey, those interior guys aren't very good. What if we just blitz <laughs> up the middle right at Gino? And I and the Seahawks have right. turned that position over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. New center. I, I didn't see who officially won it, but I, I assume it's going to be Ola Olawatimi, the rookie from Michigan. Um who I think it was a steal in the fifth round. And 
uh, I forget the guy who's get, who, who's getting the right guard job, but they moved on from Gabe Jackson. Um, so I think they're going to be more stout at the interior, and I think that's going to help Geno a lot. They also add Zach Charbonnet, who I'm not a proponent of drafting running backs in the middle rounds of the draft, but in terms of the style that they needed of a running back, right, when it comes to actually it's game time, yeah. Kenneth Walker is your your explosive play guy, and Charbonnet is your get your four yards when you need your four yards, and I think that's going to help their their offense overall. Um, sure. All right, so we're, we've got the Seahawks at 15. I have played my number two card, which is the JD and Turk friendship card, and I have a feeling you are going to reap yes. the benefits of that right here at 16. I'm going to sneak the Vikings into the top half. I, I... School I'm at 18, would. so it's not. It, uh, I, I yeah. feel I feel much better about this than nine. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, or one. I mean, let's go back to Vikings versus Chiefs and why you think the Chiefs are better. I just don't understand. <laughs> um, I made my case against the Vikings earlier. You got them. We we got them in here at 16. Go ahead and just de- defend your defend your Vikes a little bit here. Yeah, I think I think that. Like I think I've mentioned this to you before, but I'll I'll say it again here that we went finished thirteen and four last year. I think we're gonna be a better team and not go thirteen and four. I think we're gonna go like eleven mm-hmm. and six. Um and the and I think losing Dalvin Cook is not a big issue. I think it's almost addition by subtraction to a certain extent. Um if you look at he ran for over a thousand yards again, but his chunk plays were were many. And outside of that, he had one of his lowest yards per carry in in the longest time and in, in, in most of his career and um, like yards post contact or whatever the whatever the exact stat is there. He he really struggled from those those metrics. And my my big take on the Vikings this year is our offense looks great a lot of the times. Um, when Jefferson's on, when Cousins to Jefferson is on, our offense looks almost unbeatable at times. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, and this is a knock against the Vikings, but I think they're going to do better at it this year. Is we had a, a weird amount of stretches where we had three and outs. We didn't have the sustained su- success and sustained drives. And obviously we didn't have the defense to prevent that. That's why you saw us coming back in games all the time. Um, Madison is not necessarily, I think he's an upgrade in, in youth and and mobility at the running back position, but he's not going to be Dalvin Cook from a few years ago, even, or even last year necessarily. He's just going to be more consistent. And I think, We'll see the Vikings have more long, have longer drives, more plays on their drives, less three and outs, um, which will help the defense as well as it as it hopefully gets better. I think, in my eyes, as a as a homer, that's how I see it. <laughs> that's how I see it playing out. If I had to play devil's advocate to my own self, though, we just got done talking about the interior offensive line. Um, if we have any injuries on the offensive line, we're going to be in, in tough shape. Um, our Vikings starting five, we have we're really. Relatively speaking to the rest of the NFL, our tackles are good, um, almost above average. Our guards are not, and our center is a roller coaster. Some games, Bradbury looks like he's perfectly fine. Other games, he's a complete liability. So it's hard to um, it's hard to go in saying consistency. So obviously, that's where I understand my bias helped me sneak them into the top ten because you know I want to believe that you know they'll they'll be able to hold on to it. Uh, interior pressure was giving up sacks. And Nick Mullins in the preseason had everyone in his face all the time um, up from the interior. And I know, obviously, those are second and third trainers. That's what I'm saying. Our depth is really poor um, in the interior offensive line, which is why, you know, you and I have talked about the Dalton Risner, Dalton Risner, why he's not signed or what, whatever's going on there. Like, And we we signed a guy today, but 
um, we have a long way to go to have some Wasn't healthy. it Akeem Adeniji, the guy who's famous for giving up like three sacks <laughs> in the Super Bowl for Joe Burrow? Yes. We got Akeem Adeniji from the Bengals and we got David Quessen. Oh, no, that's right. Adeniji's only yeah. on the practice squad. Yeah. Quessen yeah. is on the 53. Yeah. And that's and that's also why, like, sorry, we're not going to go too fun Vikings, I promise. But that's why I wanted us to trade back. I love Jordan Addison, but I wanted us to trade back and get some depth at edge rusher, which yep. is another position of need and offensive line help, which we didn't quite do in the draft. Um, but I think the, the Brian Flores def- uh, addition of the defense is going to be huge. We're not going to shut anybody down, but we're going to make more plays. We're going to have to get off the field. And it's not just going to be do whatever you want over the middle of the field because we don't like to send our defenders over the middle of the field like it was last year. Like it was so bad at times. Um, and it was really apparent in the playoff game whenever it was watching, of course. So the Vikings will be a better team. That's my prediction. We'll have a worse record. Um, I still think we'll compete with the Lions for the North and, and kind of go from there. So hopefully, you know, I definitely think they're a top half team though. So I feel comfortable playing my playing my my back scratcher card. Is that what I did? Or is it no? You, you, this is you don't. Yeah, this is, this is your free one because yeah, I played my second card. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I should have been. I should have been. It'll happen been. at some point. Um, but now I am also free from that. So you have used yes. your benefits from that. You still have not yep. used any cards yet. Um, so to recap for everybody at home, here's the top half of our power rankings, 1 through 16, Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, Bengals, Jets, Chargers, Cowboys, Jaguars, Dolphins, 49ers, Lions, Ravens, Steelers, Saints, Seahawks, and Vikings. And now is a great time, if I haven't already plugged some in, I'm sure I have because this is now somewhere off the rails. Uh, some more box score <laughs> network advertisements. So take a listen. Hey, I'm Connor. I'm Billy. And I'm Austin. And we're the host of the Tricky Takes podcast presented by the Box Score Network. We talk about all things sports ranging from golf, baseball, football, NBA, and all college sports. Come give us a listen and make sure you follow us over on Twitter at Tricky Takes. And that's tricky with two eyes. Hey everyone, I'm Ronan Summers and I want to tell you about the Statsheet Podcast. Every Tuesday, you can hear me and my co-hosts break down the biggest games and analyze what's happening around the NFL. Follow the Statsheet Podcast on Twitter at the Statsheet Pod and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Uh, let's round out this uh, this this rankings here, Josh. So I want to know, you have the Falcons at 22, is that right? I do, yep. All right, so that's my last team here that I, I have in my, uh, where did I officially have them? I think I had them at 15. So let's get your 17 to 22, and let me tell you why the Falcons are better than all of those other teams. <laughs> okay, 17 to 22. Uh, you, I have to admit still that I have the Bears at 16, but we're already going to move Oh, that's down. right. I forgot about the Bears. Oh, we don't, no. Let's – Okay, okay. I, to, I told you I wanted to stop tinkering. If I had tinkered, I probably would have moved down, but I, <laughs> I didn't want to move everybody around. So we'll just call that a, a little oversight. I do think the Bears had a good offseason. I do think the Bears are going to yes. be, we be are competitive and exciting. We are what happened with the Bears. Yep. So, so I, I – you know, I'm, I'm not, but I'm definitely not going to use a card to keep them, <laughs> keep them there. But my 17 through 22, um, I'm putting a lot of stock in the Sean Payton effect. I have the Broncos at 17. Okay. With that, with that defense. 
I have the Browns at 18. Um, and I told you, Simon, beforehand that I think the AFC North is top mm-hmm. to bottom, the, one of the potentially the best division in football in terms of their best team and their worst team and the competitive parity in relation to other divisions who at least have one really bad team, it seems. Um, I have the Giants at 19. Okay. And then I had the Seahawks at 20. I actually had the Patriots at 21. Okay. And then I had the Falcons at 22. Okay. We have a lot of the same teams here in this range. Um, oh, good. So I I had the I have the Giants, the Patriots, the Broncos all in this range. I now obviously have the Falcons as well. Um, the Browns I had at 23, so just one spot off. I feel pretty confident in keeping them below all the teams you just mentioned, though. Um, so let, let's go through it a little bit. Let me start with why the Falcons, I think need to be at 17 and jump, jump all those teams. Uh, last year, the Atlanta Falcons were the 13th best offense in the NFL. Josh, can you believe that? No, I can't. By DVOA, (laughs) this was the most efficient offense in the NFL. And it's because they were the first rushing team in the NFL. That is wild. They've, I mean, that that that's that's not wild, but you know what I mean. That, that they've they, added their overall offense. They've added Bijan Robinson to that offense. Mm-hmm. They've added Matthew Bergeron to their left guard spot, which has been the crux in this offensive line for two seasons. Defensively, yep. they were the twenty. They were the thirtieth ranked defense last year by DVOA. Awful. Just terrible. They have a new <laughs> defensive coordinator uh, coming from the Saints. Coming from, I forget his name now, but the, the he was their assistant DC coming from the Saints. They bring in David Onyemata from the Saints defensive line. I think he might be suspended. No, he's not. No, he's not. Take that back. Wrong guy. Um, they also <laughs> add Calais Campbell. They add Bud Dupree. They, add, they draft uh, Zach Harrison, the defensive lineman from Ohio State. Yep. This team is emulating what the Saints have done for years, which is who's 6'5 and 285-plus pounds. Great. <laughs> Put them on our defensive line. Yep. This team is changing the way they play defense. Their starting middle linebacker, I think he's going to start. I haven't checked since their preseason has ended, but Troy Anderson, second-year player from Montana or Montana State, was a converted quarterback and running back in college to linebacker, played one season of linebacker, got on the field last year, second half of the year, and you could tell it was like only his second full season of playing real linebacker. Um, yeah. But a freak athlete is going to be much better this year. They add a number of guys to play the second outside corner across from AJ Terrell. They add Jesse Bates just in case any of those corners don't work. You now have an above average over the top safety. This defense is not going to be top 20. This is not going to completely change this defense. But they're going to be in that Lions range, I think, of 22-25. And the difference between the 23rd best defense and the 30th best defense is extreme. Like, it's a completely different thing that you're talking about. And I think this offense is going to be very, very, very good because we're talking about adding Bijan Robinson to this room. You now have three running backs, and at least two of them can also basically play wide receiver. John Robinson mm-hmm. has that Christian McCaffrey ability to go out in the slot and run real routes. You add hopefully a healthy Kyle Pitts this season, and yeah. you go from Marcus Mariota, who remember all those Zach Wilson stats I gave you earlier? Well, the guy right next to him and basically all of them was Marcus yeah. Mariota. 
yeah. and you go to Desmond Ritter, who I know I'm higher on than consensus, but if you go back two weeks ago, listeners, the NFC South Young QB pod that I did with Ben Robertson, very high on Ritter. I've watched the tape all over again, better every single week, doing more things every single week. Um, I watched his, I think he only played in one of the preseason games, and there wasn't a lot to see, but there were some very nice balls thrown deep into the sideline, a lot of trust with Drake London already. I think this offense is going to take a jump. Um, And so when I think about a team that's going to be like top 10 in offense and top 25 in defense, uh, I, I get to 17 pretty quickly. And and to those other teams that you have, um, who I, again, most of them all really in this range, I think they're better. I think they're just straight up better than all, all mm-hmm. of these other teams. That was a very compelling argument, Simon. It's making me <laughs> nervous. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be nervous. I, I actually have a line in my notes here. It says, um, it's a lot of name dropping to say that they won't run the table, but in the NFC South, I won't be surprised if they finish higher than the Saints, who I have at 15. <laughs> so so I'm I'm kind of in on the Atlanta hype, but I'm also kind of not in just with the youth attached to like Desmond Ritter. Um, I need to see more from him. Um and I I, I love ever I love Bijan like everybody else, but he's still gonna be a rookie, so you never know. AJ Terrell had a really bad, really down mm-hmm. year last year. And that could be for any number of reasons. I don't follow the Falcons as closely as other teams, uh, or well, you know what I mean. But so I, I don't know the full story why he wasn't as good. I didn't watch all the film on, on all the Falcons games, but because if he's back to what he was in twenty twenty one when he was second team All Pro, he's gonna you know that like you said the additions on defense. Um, I listed all those guys too. Bates and Animata and Jeff Okuda even is gonna be is a playmaker. He'll get burned and he'll get a lot of defensive you you know some valuable some valuable reps on uh at corners so i'm i'm actually going to move them up from 22 and since it's kind of convoluted here with a lot of goofiness um and per my my bears flub at 16 in the interest of of (laughs) finding a consensus i'll i'm going to give you the the falcons at 17 thought we can use a card (laughs) for that i love it I love it. Falcons at 17. So now you have this group here of Giants, Patriots, and Broncos. That yes. trio, I am happy to have basically as our next three, and you can talk me into any order you really want because I think the Giants, I think nationally consensus-wise, we just forgot about the Giants for the most part for like the yeah. entire offseason, and we're talking about all these teams that have done stuff and uh, we're excited about. And I realized as I, when I made my rankings the first time and just went one to 32, I realized I got to like 25 and I wrote their name and I was like, this is wrong. Like this was, yeah. like, this was a fine team last year yes. and ostensibly like they're going to be better. Right. They had Darren Waller who by all accounts is healthy and engaged and ready to go. I think this defense is going to be even better. So I ended up having them at 17 and, and feel like that's appropriate, and I feel like they could be higher or lower. Um, the Patriots, I think, are going to be an elite defense and maybe not as much of a a, a tire fire, um, or maybe they, <laughs> they're not a dumpster fire offensively, but they're just a tire fire. Like They're still just not that good, but they'll be organized at least. And then the Broncos, I think, are going to be fine in all capacities. I think their defense is going to take a little bit of a hit um from last year but i think it's one of the best defensive back groups in the nfl 
And again, this offense is just going to have an actual identity in some organization now. And one of the best offensive coaches we've had in a decade or two. So here, 18, 19, 20, I'm good with those three teams being in whatever order you want. Perfect. I was just going to say, I was going to use a card to throw the Broncos in there at 18. I'm going to, I'm going to stick them firmly. What's that? I'll take it. I had them at 22. So it's still a little higher than I would have liked, but the teams that I have, that you don't have in this range, I'm not passionate enough about to really, really fight for at this point. Gotcha. Yeah, I just think um, the Sean Payton effect, I very much dislike Sean Payton as a Vikings fan. Um, and, you know, some of his offseason calling out of the Broncos coaching staff was yep. mm-hmm. was very questionable. Um, you know, I think everybody's fine, but he just seems a little bit too big for his britches or a little bit too there's a lot of ego and arrogance in the NFL. So when a guy rises above that, you know, it's a little bit like, come on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like you bring yourself down a little bit, but that said, he has earned a lot of that arrogance because his, his coaching has been really good. Yep. So I I'm going to f- make sure the Broncos get here at least at the eight, at the 18 mark, because we're going to find out. I feel like we're going to find out pretty quick if it was mm-hmm. coaching last year or if Russell Wilson's just done. Yep. And so I think, if the coaching's there, if the Broncos get off to a good start, like you said, that that defensive secondary, I love Pat Sertan. I just love – I think they will take a hit, but I think they're going to still be really, really good. I am a huge Javante Williams guy, and I think he might even be ready for early in the season as well. Um, And so I think they're going to be be legit. They're in a really tough division. We have the two uh, – the Chiefs and the Chargers. It's, it's hard to, to picture them from last year – beating them but i can see them being with a similar record as the chargers even i'm almost that high on them um and you know because they were they were dead last in points per game i went back when the the vikings were called in dalton prisoner i went back and watched some broncos film which no self-respecting human (laughs) should subject themselves to it was just bad football (laughs) like it's not even like it's up like teams have been bad and still been entertaining they were just bad bad and not entertaining last year so it's a weird thing to have them even in 18th because the, to me, they look like the worst team in the league last year at times, but I just think it can't get any worse. And if it does, then there might just be my 32 ranked team starting, uh, oh, yeah. starting the next time we do this pod. Um, so, but for now I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. I'm give history, his, history, some credence, Sean Payton coming in. I like to believe that Russell Wilson has some stuff in the tank. Um, you know, I do a lot of follow a lot of fantasy stuff, and I I love the Jerry Judy weapons on the weapon on the outside. I think that they have, I, I think that they could put together a, a good offense here. So so I'll, I'll force them in an eighteen, but not really forcing because you're okay with it. Yeah, you still have um, cards. That makes me nervous. I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put the Giants next, and then the Patriots. Okay. I like that. Um, and it's funny because. The Giants, I really should be talking up further as a team that won a playoff game last year um, against the Vikings, of course. Let's so take that for what it's worth. Um, then they went and got smashed by the by the Eagles. Um, but I would I I was surprised that I put them so low on my list. I had them at nineteen. Um, that's where they are. Wow, that's crazy. It ended up being exactly there. That's exciting. You, you won one, but I, I, yeah, I got you won. No, I. I <laughs> I remember putting them there and being like, well, how do I have a playoff team who just signed their quarterback to a multi-year deal who got Saquon Barkley figured out before all of the rigmarole? And it's because they just, I think Daniel Jones is a little bit limited, and I don't think they address the receiver room enough. 
Um, I think Waller might lead this team in receiving yards um, or yep. receptions oh, outside of Barkley. I, I mean, Saquon will probably get the most receptions, but Waller could easily lead the wide, wide receiver tight end room in receptions. Um, but for fantasy managers, I bet Daniel Bellinger gets more touchdowns from the tight end Ooh. spot. I don't know. They, Daniel Jones always seems to find him. Um, and, you know, and I, I was listening to your position breakdown on the, or the position draft you guys did on the stat sheet podcast. And I can't remember if it was, uh, I think it might've been Brandon who took the giants front seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they have some exciting players on defense, but to, to me, it's just that like they didn't do enough to address receiver. Jalen Hyatt is a, a speedster. He looks really fun. Um, by the way, it's really hard to analyze college tape and then translate it to the NFL, especially Tennessee college offensive tape. I went back and watched it like, I'm not learning anything from this. If I, I, I try to make sense of what I see on that, but it's, I feel like it all just comes up as like really pathetic speculation because I'm like, how do you translate that Tennessee offense to what he's going to do in the NFL? It's, it's really like bizarre. watching eight year old flag football. It's like, they yeah. a little kid behind the two big ones and he's like hiding to see if you can kind of sneak yeah. in, sneak in a play yeah. or something like that. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. So I just, I just think this team is limited. I don't, I don't, I think they hit their peak almost last year. And I think right. on paper, it probably looks like they should be better. They have a good offensive line. They have Andrew Thomas. They have my Minnesota guy, John Michael Schmitz. Now like they have, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, the Deontay banks, they drafted the guy I wanted. Like mm-hmm. they have, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that was part of it because those four receivers went right in front of them in the first round of the draft. And maybe that was, yep. maybe they were thinking receiver, but either way, I, they just don't have, quite enough um and so i think they've kind of hit their hit their peak and so that's why i'm not going to move them up too much and then you know in this group the patriots i mean their defense is great but belichick has not been the same without brady um somehow he's still decent in his division though he's i, I looked up the record for the past the years after tom brady left and he's nine and nine he's 500 he still seems to be able to compete against the other three teams in the SEC who are way better than him so kudos to that but i just you know, I don't, Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker doesn't do much for me uh, for offensive weapons. You know, their defense is great. We know that. And I love Ramondre Stevenson, but, um, you know, they need to air it out a little bit more. I mean, there's, there's you know, Keishon Boutte, how do you ever say his name or or Boutte whatever? Boutte sounds he was, great to me. Boutte I think that's great. where we've yeah, settled. He, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. He, he fell down the draft board for other issues, and he, he's a guy that I can see being like, a, oh, once he gets to Belichick, he turns into something. And if, if Mac Jones takes a step, like they have a chance at having an offense, but it's just nothing exciting yet. And I don't, you know, I, I, a running team with a good defense, they might have been a contender in the 80s is what I jot, jotted down. Like they're, 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 their type of team is not going anywhere right. at the moment unless we see something different. So so we'll leave them at 20 because that defense is, is going to win them some games for sure. All right. I like that top 20. I feel pretty good about that. So the team you have left in your in the in this range that we've talked about is the Cleveland Browns. And I am very hesitant when it comes to the Browns still. Um they finished last season pretty high in DVOA, 8th um on offense. But so much of that work was done by Jacoby Brissett. I mean, yeah, Deshaun Watson was just bad when he played and this defense last year was bad they were 20 uh 23rd no they were 20 oh yeah 23rd um they were 23rd in defensive dvoa last season now i know they've made some improvements there they get dalvin tomlinson they get Zadarius smith a couple of former vikings oh, of um, 
They bring in Jim Schwartz to be a, a defensive coordinator, be a little more stout and aggressive. Um, I like the defensive backs on this team. So there, there's reason to believe it's going to be better. But and, and I'm, you know, you you have met what was it, 21, 20? I had them at 18, actually. Oh, you had them but... at 18, which still isn't too high because I see team, I see rankings and predictions that have them as like a top half of the league team. Oh, sure. And to do that, you're expecting either Deshaun Watson to all of a sudden be a top 10 quarterback again or this defense to all of a sudden get to top half. And I don't see either of those things happening. We're splitting hairs here between 18 and, you know, 21, 22, this kind of range to to put them in. The two teams that I have ahead of them that we haven't talked about yet, I want to I want to pitch to you and hear what mm-hmm. you have to say. I feel pretty confident about one. In terms of a power ranking, I don't feel as good about this one, but I can't wait to hear what you have to say anyways. <laughs> so the remaining two teams I had above the Browns in my rankings are the Tennessee Titans, who I had at 21, and the Los Angeles Rams, who I have at 20. Oh, okay. Here's the case for the Rams. And it's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty quick one, to be honest. Sure. I spewed out the stats of the teams that are either the elite to average offenses and then just the bad to very bad defenses, right? Those teams still yep. generally finish in the top half of the league, essentially. So it's a bet on Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Sean McVay making this at least an above average offense. And then yeah, the defense is right. it it's putrid. It's it's a bottom five defense. There, there's no right. question about that. <laughs> it's gonna be a ton of fun to see a bunch of UDFAs and no names just fly around Aaron Donald and try to do stuff. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> but offensively, like the last time we saw Stafford Cup and Healthy and McVeigh coaching, this was I think the seventh best offense in the league the year that they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the case for them, Dude, just straight up. If if those guys are healthy, can they be an above-average offense with the bad defense and get to 20th overall in the NFL? And then yep. tight ends, it's kind of the the inverse. I, I think this could be a bounce-back year for the Titans defensively. Last year, they – I mean, last year they were pretty low, but they gave up a lot of explosive plays, I think, um, because their corners were so bad. I, well, they were 19th last year. That's not even as bad as I thought it was. Um, and a lot of those guys were hurt. They had David Long at linebacker who's hurt every year. They bring in Aziz Alshair instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Bud Dupree never was healthy for them, never consistent as a starter. I think it would be better as a role player in Atlanta. But they bring in um, uh, Danico Altry was already there. They brought in a different edge rusher who I can't remember right now. But yeah. they just brought in healthier players, guys who are maybe yeah. 10% not as good as the guys that that were supposed to play but are just going to be healthier in there more. Jeffrey Simmons is still there. Kevin Byard is still there. <laughs> Christian Fulton, I think, is the outside corner, still there. Um, this team, they got, uh, I think the, they got Sean Murphy bunting this year as well. Yeah, Sean uh, Murphy bunting. The, yeah. This defense is going to be better. And offensively, they were last year very, very low. They were 21st. I'm not here saying that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be 2017 DeAndre Hopkins and, and win them right. the South. But it's one more weapon that they didn't have last year. Traylon Burks is the the stuff out of camp is just he's in the ground running last year, whereas last year he was starting off from such a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and and like Derrick Henry is still there, and I I have the offensive line as a bottom two in the whole league. Um, Derrick Henry doesn't care, man. Derrick Henry's gonna get his. Yeah. 
I think yeah. this offense ends up netting out as probably 19 to 22, 23, but this defense I think can be a, a solid top mm-hmm. 10. Um, that's why I have them ahead of the Browns, who I think at best for the Browns, you're looking at like average at both at best, but probably one of those units is going to be below average, statistically speaking. So that's why I have the Titans and Rams ahead of them, because I think for the Titans and Rams, they'll have one unit that's at least above average. Okay, that ma- that makes sense. I uh, I actually, when I after I did my rankings and, and went and looked, the the Browns secondary has a lot of injury designations. I don't know what that means okay. going into the season, but uh, Newsom Ward and Delpit all have something that they're dealing with. Like uh, I think Denzel Ward uh, has a is in concussion protocol. That's right, so, he is. Yep. And so there's a couple before. Yeah, so there, there there are some question marks back there. I think if Zadarius, Dalvin Thompson, and Miles Garrett are all firing all cylinders, that that defensive line could be pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I'm not gonna ever root for Deshaun Watson to have a ton of success, but if he's if he gets to somewhere near like 80 percent of what he was in Houston, that's kind of where I had him at 18. I was like, if he's playing close to what he was playing with, and if their defense is healthy, like with that offensive line, they, they have a shot to be be competitive um but i don't i don't have a problem moving him down to be honest you said what did you have tennessee and los angeles i had uh i had the rams at 20 and the titans at 21 so if you don't fully buy that rams case i can see at least titans at 21 here Mm -hmm. and then i i could i could see browns ahead of rams if you're well, not buying I, my Rams, could be a top 15. <laughs> well, it's funny because I so I had Tennessee at 23 and the Rams at 24. So I had them oh, right next to each other and not great. far off from where you had them for basically all the same reasons. I'm just saying I would just for the Titans, all I'll all, all I'll add is that as a fan, if I was a fan of the Titans, I'd say, yeah, we have a shot as an outside observer. I'm like, let's put Will Levis in, see what happens. Right, we're either better than we think we are, or we might be in a spot for Caleb Williams or Drake May next year to go along with the defense and maybe get another couple of years out of Derrick Henry because, you know, like like you said, their their offensive line has issues, but Derrick Henry doesn't care. Um, they're not going to be. I can't see them being anywhere near Jacksonville this year. Um, and we also saw this team sack Joe Burrow nine times a couple of years ago under the same model, like a run first, solid defense, and even that didn't get them over the hump. So like this. This type of team, you know, unless with DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan Tannehill somehow throws for forty five hundred yards or something, like this this team is just not built for for long term playoff success with the quarterback they have and with you know the offensive line they have. So, uh, but but then again, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is a is an animal like you talked about. He's so good, and you know, I like the Murphy Bunting pickup, and I've always liked their defense. So. So I had them one spot ahead of the Rams, but I said I it feels weird putting the Rams so far below. Um, mm-hmm. They were kind of the forgotten team last year because of all the injuries and they just right. were so bad. And so I almost I was like, how did I put the Rams at twenty four? Stafford, Cup, McVeigh. This makes no sense. Aaron Donald. They just won the Super Bowl, and then I realized, well, yeah, they bought themselves a Super Bowl. They got their championship, and now they have nothing left. And as a fan, I'm still happy. We got our championship. We got it. We got yeah. a banner to hang. We did what that's supposed to do. If we, if you sell all that, all that stuff, and you still don't get a championship, that's when you get upset as a fan. So you're not mad as a fan, but you're also like, 
we need a lot to go right here. They have offensive line issues as well. So even with a healthy Stafford, you know, he'll, he'll going to probably take a lot of sacks this year. So then I was like, okay, so I'm, I, I don't feel that bad having him in the 20s, but I can definitely, I can definitely let you sell me on 21 for the Rams. And then we'll go, I think we can go Titans at 22. But I think it's got to be Browns after that. Who else did you? No, that's, yeah, that's, that's why I'm thinking. That's good. Okay. That's good. Um, nice. All right. This next group of six, you can pretty much take me in any direction, I think. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you my next six. We only have nine left, but I feel this six can be whatever you want pretty much. I have okay. the, in order from 24 to 29. I have the Packers, the Panthers, the Texans, the Commanders, the Bears, and the Colts. Now, you were high on the Bears when you made your list last. I don't know how far you're going to drop them. I love what the Bears did this offseason. I'm a huge Justin Fields believer. I think they did all the right things. That's my off-season brain. All right, we did this on the Stat Sheet podcast a couple yeah, of weeks ago. That yep. that was my that was my blue pill. My <laughs> red pill is saying this team still might not be that good. They added defensive players at off-ball linebacker, which statistically doesn't help you as much. I don't really care that much. I still love the off-ball linebacker position. I believe that for running back, I understand I'm wrong. I don't care. I like how they improved the other parts of the defense. Tyreek Stevenson at corner, Javon Dexter, and Zach Pickens at defensive tackle. The team doesn't really have any pass rush juice. I think they took, I think they signed a guy from Tennessee who was a rotational guy, and that's supposed to be their like number one edge rusher, but they don't mm-hmm. have that. So I, I don't feel great about their defensive line. Um, but I do think this offense could be much much better i think they were i think they were 32nd and off 30 what were they like oh no they were up to 25 in offense last year last year with justin fields running the ball so i think they can be in that 20 to 24 range defense i still have them kind of bottom five to seven but again the and then everybody else like the commanders they could be anywhere from a top eight defense to I don't think it'll be below average, but I could see it having a weird year and going to 15th. They were just 21st in defense two years ago, so they've had some variance over the years. Packers, Panthers, uh, Colts, Texans, and Commanders in this, all young, for essentially first-year quarterbacks. You could tell me anything happens there. So these six teams, Packers, Panthers, Texans, Commanders, Bears, Colts, we could do whatever you want. Okay, well, I was just gonna say I'll, I'll play. I'll if I have to, I'll play a card to get the Bears on there next, so they don't drop too far down. I, yeah, I admit, if you, you want to have the Bears here at what twenty four, twenty four. Okay, um, you you hit it on the head though. The the big issue is going to be the pass rush. There's there doesn't seem to be anyone in that camp, and I I was I'm way higher on the Bears secondary, their young secondary, than I yep. think a lot of people as well. They didn't have good numbers because of the lack of pass rush and because of the fact that their offense was had turnovers and things like that. Um, I, I think their offense is going to be really good. I think Roshan Johnson is going to be a sneaky good draft pick at running back um, because he was behind Bijan Robinson. So there's a lot of people out there that think he's like in that discussion if he's on a different team. Um, and then yeah, just like you, I'm a Justin Fields believer. 
I think that he's shown me enough maturity uh, or maturation over the last couple of years where I think he's ready for the big stage. He's been ready to make plays. I think if he airs it out more and better, um, DJ Moore was a good pickup. So I'll, I'll put the Bears in at 24. Um, let's see. Who else did I have? Yeah, those other so five I had... teams, did you kind of have in this group or did you have any of those five teams in your bottom three? So I have the commanders in my – no, sorry. I have the Texans in my bottom three. Oh, wow. And okay. I have the commanders in my bottom four. Okay. Um, I not... did have – Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I did have Carolina at 26. Um, so that's okay. pretty close to where, where you had them. Yep. Um, I have the Packers. 27. Okay. Um. I don't think Love is going to be as good as people say he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be bad. Um, and I also, for the Packers, I looked up a stat that for once confirmed what I saw. Unlike the Chargers fourth down discussion earlier, right. <laughs> this time I thought had a thought. I looked it up and it actually confirmed my thought. It felt really good. Love that. Um, I found a Forbes article that said that, that confirmed the Packers have the youngest wide receiver room in the league they, with an average age of 23.3. Because in my head, especially fantasy-wise, everyone's drooling over Christian Watson, for rightfully so, and everyone thinks Romeo Dobbs is great, and the Packers took two tight ends. But they have a young quarterback who had, doesn't have a lot of game experience and, and and the youngest receiver room in the league. So even with a good offensive line in Green Bay, you know, Aaron Jones is a nice veteran um, outlet of the back, uh, from the backfield, but I just I don't see this passing attack being as explosive as people think it's going to be. I think they'll put up some numbers. Um, but I think there'll be a lot of turnovers. I think there'll be a lot of miscommunications still, even though they've they've been practicing off for the whole offseason. So that's why I have the Packers at 27. I think their defense is decent. Um, I just think their offense is going to struggle quite a bit. Um, I must be way higher on the Raiders than you are. I have them at 25. God, I have the Raiders at 31. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. I think – Actually, let me make my Raiders case real quick, actually, for you here. Because so wait, I, there's a lot of ways. I'm or should we this. should we flip the script and now all of a sudden jump to thirty two and build that way? <laughs> Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> no, that wasn't. That is funny. I did think about that when we got to like <laughs> seventeen. Um, here's the thing. So if you were, oh wait, you said you have the Raiders here at twenty five. That's what you yeah. would do next. Okay, but here's I the against the oh, Raiders. Josh McDaniels has never had a good second season as a head coach. <laughs> he just hasn't. This defense sure. is somehow worse, at least on paper as of right now, than it was last season. Max Crosby's incredible. Um, I like the draft pick Tyree Wilson, but he's going to be a rotational edge rusher, at least for the first few weeks. Yep. Um, and we've seen very good edge rushers not be good at the beginning of the season, a la Kayvon Thibodeau just last year. Uh, their best defensive back last year was Rocky Sin, and he is in Baltimore. They brought in Marcus Peters, who mm -hmm. was out of Baltimore because he is older now and not as good as he was. So I think this defense is going to be even worse. They go from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo, who, yep. based on the things that McDaniels was asking Garoppolo to do last year, why do we think or asking Carr to do last year, why do we think Garoppolo is going to be any better at it? 
Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, Garoppolo has never played a full season. And Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer are the backups on this team. I know everyone loves Aiden O'Connell after the preseason, but but are you are you like me wondering why Brian Hoyer got a roster spot? <laughs> I can't believe Brian Hoyer's not an assistant coach at this point. When I see his right. name on things, I just assume <laughs> it's like as the quarterbacks coach. And it's yeah, not, yeah. I, I I don't I don't I don't understand. Well, um, oh, go ahead. So I'm I'm just I am baking in an implosion from the Raiders essentially, okay. and I think they're going to be drafting Drake May next season. Gotcha. Well, I can I can I can come to an agreement on that because I have I had it written down that they're just going to be kind of boring, like they're going to be kind of competitive, kind of not. Their defense is a huge question mark. I do like that they got Josh Jacobs back, um, and they have Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, and I think they have enough pieces on offense to be interesting. Um, but to help to help make my decision, I looked up their schedule because I, I think part of part of me in this exercise looked too much big picture, and like the full season, and oh. made the point of like the first month of the season. Their first four games are in Denver, in Buffalo, hosting Pittsburgh, and then in. LA for the Chargers. That should be an 0 and 4 start. And I think that's a pretty strong case for for moving them down. So I I'm not going to put them at the the end in 32. I might have to use a card to get my 32 team in there, but um, <laughs> but I am totally fine with dropping the Raiders down, um which means we can teams we have in common. We could then I think we can confidently put the Panthers in at, at um 25. I like that. I had the mat that's actually where I actually had them. So that works for me. Panthers at 25, right after the Bears. And I, the I promised myself three. I'd give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Chin from the Panthers, the safety. Um, Jeremy, shout out. Glad you're listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I was doing my, I especially with these teams at the bottom, I was like, what what kind of fun, interesting stats can I find or, or things to, to, to just for the discussion's sake? And I, I didn't realize that he was second in defensive rookie of the year voting in 2020. Like this guy who so many people don't know his name, you know, and even last year, everyone's talking about JC Horn, who's great. Um, And then also the, the Panthers, like they have a, they have a decent roster. They have a good defense. They have, you know, if depending on Bryce Young's development, like this isn't necessarily a, the 25th best team in the NFL, but right now I think it's a good spot for him. But um, shout out to Jeremy Chin because I don't know if he's getting enough run nationally, and this is not going to help him. But <laughs> I figured I, would, <laughs> I figured I would just shout it out because I found an old NFL uh, Network video where Peter Schrager's was talking him up as Rookie of the Year, and I was like, that's interesting. I just heard about him last year, and I was like, oh my God, he finished second in, in Defensive Rookie of the Year voting in 2020, and that means he's been doing it for a few years now, and he's, um, you know, just solid making big plays. I watched some of the highlights they were showing. He's, he's making so many open open field tackles. Like, so shout out to him for a team. That's the bottom of the NFL right now. (laughs) That 2020 Panthers defense was so, I love that you brought this up. You bring up Anthony Peeler the last time you were here and now we're bringing up (laughs) the 2020 Panthers defense. You just find these niche things that I I love to talk about. They were so fun because they were so helter skelter. Like they were, they were the, like the early yeah. Brian Flores Dolphins defense, they're just like manic cover zero, full on blitz, like create <laughs> the worst havoc you can have and just hope for the best. And now they have a Jiro Evero. And yeah, Chin is now kind of 
this like roaming player without a true home because they bring in uh who the, the Bengals say Von Bell, they have JC yep. Horn, they have um they brought in somebody else in the defensive backfield. Anyways, the, I, I think I have them, and obviously a Jero Evero is the new DC, which is just perfect. <laughs> I th- I have them I, I have them kind of ranked right now as uh, my my thirteenth best defense a little predictive for the end of the year, yeah, um, so I think they can I think they can be very very good. Brian Burns obviously they bring in Justin Houston, um to to play on the other side. Derek Brown in the middle, the yep. Frankie Louvu with with uh, those guys that linebacker. I I like this Panthers defense so I'm yeah, for sure very excitedly talking about the team <laughs> we just put at twenty five exactly. Say um let's right, go 26 27 28 29 well, you had where did you have the packers i have the packers at 24 so i had them right after the panthers so i think we we slot the what packers here? in here at 26 i like it yep that seems fair you said you had the texans at 30 right i did and i actually almost had them last until i listened to one of your guys's podcasts and i got really excited because stroud was my QB one for the draft. If I had pick one, I would have gone Stroud. Um, I love the D'Amico Ryan's back in Houston as the the head coach. Um, and I, I think I think with like Robert Woods as a nice veteran receiver presence, you know, you guys talked about their offensive line um, being better than than maybe it looks sometimes. Like it, maybe I think not they, now though. But yeah, Kenyon right. Green just went on high R. Juice oh, did- is hurt. This team oh, no. just traded a six-round pick for Kendrick Green, who I've talked about a lot on this podcast, and he oh, might boy. be their like day one starting center. So yeah, this, that offensive line might, especially the first part of the season, might have okay. some struggles. All right, well that that does. That I kind of knocks last week with Megan. I don't feel good this. about a below average and young center. So when it was Drew Scruggs, I was like, man, a rookie center with a rookie quarterback. I don't. I hate. I. I don't like when that happens to the quarterback. And right. now it's now it's Kendrick Green, and I'm like, I wish that rookie center was back. That's not. <laughs> that's tough, man. That's real tough. Um, yeah. But anyway, sorry. O line. Yeah. Talk. We we did it. We're we did it. Yeah. And so I, so I moved them out of the end spot partly because of that, but also like their pass defense with some young corners was top ten in yards allowed. I know that's not always the best metric, but that still counts for something. And they were dead last in rushing yards allowed on defense. That's why their defense looks so bad. Mm-hmm. So there's really only one way to go, and that's up from from a rush defense standpoint. I think but their yeah, I had them at going to be like top twenty this year. I think it's going to be yeah, good. yeah. So I I don't have um, definitely don't think they're the the worst team in the league, but definitely not super high. But I had them at thirty. Who did who did you have at twenty seven? Is that where we're at? Yeah, we're I have the Commanders at twenty seven. Okay. I have them at twenty nine. Okay. I could and be convinced have... in a. T- who do you have uh, at 20? I can't wait to hear who you have at 32. It's it's one of two teams. And if <laughs> yeah. it's one of them, I'm going to be really upset. Do you think I'm going to be really upset? Um, uh, the, the dead, dead, well, it's, it's not. Wait, depends on who I think you have at your 32. I think I know who's at your 32. So you'll probably be upset because. Your, Who's your 32? Who's your 32? My 32, it's the Buccaneers. <laughs> oh, I don't care. That's fine. We okay, okay. Here, oh, okay. Here's here's here, here's the quick Bucks thing. I had the Bucks at 30. I think they're going to... I Three weeks ago, I did a vibes check with Ben Lawson on this podcast. We did we played a game, Breezy or Queasy. 
And I said yeah. I was breezy on the Bucks, and he said, "How are you breezy on the Bucks?" And I said, "Because I don't care about the Bucks at all this yes. year. <laughs> Their season is based on a Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask quarterback competition. Which, breaking news for everybody, Baker Mayfield won just ahead of the third preseason game. Great, congratulations! Yes, um, exactly. This team is not not serious about winning. No, and with the Josh Dobbs news going to Arizona, baby." <laughs> Let's move yep. the Cardinals up to I don't either thirty or thirty one. I don't even care. The, uh, probably thirty one, and we could put the Raiders yep. at thirty because I have the Cardinals okay. below the let's Raiders. Do, let's do that. I have thirty. I have the Cardinals at thirty one. So let's. So we have the same bottom three, which I'm happy about. I'm I'm good with that. So you, where did you have Tampa? I had them at thirty. So I just had oh yeah, thirty. Okay, cool. a couple spots higher, and yeah, spirit. Just for the spirit of this podcast, as this podcast is is basically sponsored by Josh Dobbs uh, was hopefully the heir to Ben Roethlisberger at one point in my yes. life. Um, I will give him 31. We'll give the Raiders 30. We'll give the Bucks 32. So we still have 27, 28, 29 to sort out. And it's the Colts, the commanders and the Texans. And I'm good in any order. I had the Texans at 26, the commanders at 27. And I had the Colts at 29. Um, but I'm really good with what I had, you want to do there. Yeah. Um, before we move on from the Bucks, real quick, here's how their season's going to go. Because okay. yeah. this is why I have, I spite put them at 32 because they play the Vikings in week one in Minnesota. So they're going to upset us and then they're <laughs> going to beat Chicago. They're going to start 2-0 and and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, is Baker back? And it's going to be like, no, it's just because the Vikings need to lose that NFC conference game early in the season. It's going to affect their tiebreakers come playoff time. Because then they're going to go like three and fourteen, um, but they also lost Ryan Jensen. You tweeted about that. That's a huge loss. Um, their defense has some pieces that make you want to think that they still can compete, but um, but losing Ryan Jensen is kind of the proverbial dagger. And then I was kind of reading into that. Did you know his the, the, to allow him to play in last year's playoff game? He did a he accepted a treatment with that had stem cells from umbilical cords that had been donated to. Uh, for research like she took he took whatever the procedure was that Goodness some sort gracious. of donated umbilical cord cells were was what allowed him to play off game last year oh my gosh Isn't for anybody that, that stuck around this long in the podcast you just got a treat <laughs> i am a this is for you easter egg <laughs> this is for you oh yeah if you okay if you and, stuck around to this podcast to the end of this and heard that i don't know tweet me something or something yes, just please. just so we know <laughs> who is the trooper here because you was the trooper i can't wait to get one and it's <laughs> it's me listening back <laughs> that's awesome um oh, so we're, wow, we're at 27 Ryan jensen man we're yeah, at umbilical cords for knees i don't know where we're at anymore yeah we're yeah we're we're losing it here a little bit i had the colts at 28 where did you have them uh 29 29 okay I would that be okay moving defense them. defense is so young that I'm worried yeah. about them compared to the Texans. And I think both offenses, when it comes to those young, especially rookie quarterbacks, the offense is only going to be so good, even if yep. I'm very high on Anthony Richardson, which I am. Um, but with with that said, I think the Texans will have the better defense and the commanders, for which is why I have both teams above the Colts. Yeah, I, I'm actually okay with that. I'm not going to use a card there. Um, I put the Colts higher just simply because I'm, pumped about the Anthony Richardson show. And I think yeah, that I, am, I think yeah. that his playmaking might 
steal a couple of wins they shouldn't get and then his his rookie mistakes are going to make him lose a bunch of games but i don't care because it'll be fun to watch so so we could go are you thinking then texans commanders colts 27 28 29 better have a at 30 yep cardinals at 31 buccaneers at 30 buccaneers yeah, if Commanders have a sneaky good defense. I just don't think that offense is going to be consistent enough. They have a good There's front a, seven. The the worst case scenario for the Commanders is a bottom. It could be a bottom five offense, and it could be one of those weird regression seasons for their defense, which they've had, and they're like the fifteenth best defense, and the fifth worst offense and the fifteenth best defense gets you bottom three bottom five play yeah there's also a world where they're the 25th best offense and the fifth best defense and they're the 17th best team in in the league we we'll, we just have to wait and see but i think yeah. i think this spot um which is bottom five <laughs> yeah for sure um, and i and yeah, I, I know I, I i do think I, feels right i just chastised myself for for thinking too much big season but i, I couldn't block out the fact that in the nfc east they're they're not a team that's going to be like that's six games that it's going to be hard for them to win even one or two of those and so that yep. that really just shatters your record if you can't win your divisional games and I, I like that about the NFL your divisional games definitely matter um and so take taking that into account even though it doesn't necessarily imply, apply for yeah. the first part of the season but we have a list we have a power we have a, we have a list so for everyone that's stuck around this far great job. You deserve a medal. Thank you. These will be easier moving forward because this is our baseline. This is what we're working yes. off of. We're going to be back in four or five weeks, technically. I think after the week after the week four, so the Thursday of week five, when week five starts, I think will be the next time we do this, and we'll adjust these rankings based on this. So let's say the Giants, who we have at nineteen, start out four and zero. Oh, they're not going to all of a sudden be one. Right, you're not going to jump 19 spots in one right. week. This is going to be a true, like, pretty, uh, not too reactionary power rankings, and that's part of why I like this too. What I hate about the NFL is the same thing I love about it is that weekly schedule gives you so much time to digest. Yes, but it also gives you so much time to overreact to everything because you have. Right. S- days or three days or five days whatever it is compared to to basketball where it's like you have a game in two nights you have a game tomorrow like it doesn't who cares what you right. did today we tend to overreact and you you see some power rankings and you see a team that's 13th become five because they had a blowout win against a, a good team right we're gonna i think keep this a little more mild but it's why we have the cards to keep us in check which i played that's two right. of tonight josh did not feel the need we'll see what happens next time around <laughs> But uh, one more time for the listeners, and I'll release some sort of graphic or something or even just the notes app or something. But our power rankings going into the 2023-2024 season from the Simon Short podcast along with Josh Lemsan, we have the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bills, the Bengals, the Jets, the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Niners, the Lions, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Saints, the Seahawks and the Vikings rounding out the top 16. Then the Falcons and Broncos, Giants and Patriots, Rams and Titans, Browns and Bears, Panthers and Packers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, Raiders, Cardinals, and the Buccaneers. 
I think I feel good about it. I'll feel terrible I tomorrow, do. but right now I feel great. I'm I'm actually impressed with how many teams we had in similar tiers. Like we obviously had some disparities, which is going to happen. Um, but we had we had in, in I think every tier we had at least one or two teams that yeah. that we both had in a similar spot. So we weren't we weren't super far off. It was pretty good. No, Proud that, of us. That, that felt right. That felt right. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Time Short Podcast. Josh, thank you for being on. Um, Absolutely. Everyone go anytime. listen to and read Mike on the Vikes. Uh, Josh has a lot of stuff happening, so make sure you are checking him out. Follow him on Twitter at JLime8. That'll all be in the episode description. Really appreciate it, Josh. Can't wait to do this again in a few more weeks. Everyone, thank you oh, so yeah. much for being here. Have fun and be safe out there. Later.